Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you I'm can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. The Ramones and The Clash are two of the most important bands in punk rock. Hell, they're two of the most important bands in rock and roll. In America, you had the Ramones playing the short, fast, and loud songs that use little more than three chords. Well, over in London, The Clash are writing political songs that pulled in elements of new wave, ska, and reggae. They're very different bands who also put out two of the greatest punk rock albums of all time. In today's episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we are debating their masterpieces. The self-titled album from the Ramones versus London Calling by The Clash. It's Hey Gabba Gabba versus the only band that matters. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 23. Yeah. yeah. I am Bruce Kramer, and I am sharing the microphone tonight with my co-host, Ryan McCusker and Doug McCusker. Phony beat. Oh, I'm sorry. Phony beat mania. Are you rocking out there? Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia, and we are very proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network. So tonight, we decided that we are going to bring back the rock and roll debate uh, format that we used when we talked about the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones, but we're going to talk about two albums, two of the greatest punk rock albums of all time. They are the cornerstones of punk rock. Absolutely, man. The uh, the eponymous, at first, uh, the self-titled album, I don't want to be a pretentious asshole, the self-titled <laughs> album by the Ramones, and I don't know how to pronounce that word, uh, the self-titled <laughs> album by the Ramones and London Calling by The Clash. This one took a lot of thought, you know? For me, it did. I really struggled with this a little bit, but... <laughs> You know, the, the, thing, albums. the thing with the, these albums, they're two completely different kind of sounds. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the Ramones yeah. is like this true punk rock sound. Um, their first attempt at making an album. And, you know, even though London Calling is their third album in, um, it has a different sound than the Ramones' first album. And it has like this pop, reggae, you know jazz kind of sound yeah you guys you guys uh texted me this idea while i was driving 
all over Wyoming and Montana and South Dakota. And I was like, this is a great idea. Oh, yeah. How was your trip? Dude, the trip was awesome. Actually, while I have, um, yeah, dude, the, the trip was awesome. I think I put about 50 Prisoners of Rock and Roll stickers across <laughs> nice. the West. All I didn't put them on, like, you know, Yellowstone. And yeah, stick yeah. Them on, <laughs> monuments. Right. I didn't stick them on you an put on a moose or anything. Right. Like that. I didn't climb up and put them on, like, uh, Teddy Roosevelt's face on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> but I, I did put them anywhere where I saw, like, a. Street sign had other stickers. I sure. thought it was appropriate. Did to, you like send uh, the warden out there to do all your dirty work? For I you? did. I told him to climb. I was like, "You're not get. I'm not driving you anywhere else unless you climb up on George Washington's face and smack." I told him to put it on uh, where the hole would be on Abraham Lincoln's head. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, while I while I do have you guys, I did bring you guys T-shirts from oh, uh, from, really from nice. Deadwood. So let me put oh, my, my headphones off for a second. Oh, right on. Does one say I'm with stupid? And like pointing, <laughs> they both say they both say I'm stupid. stupid. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm talking about. So there you go, dude. Thank There's you. a t-shirt from Deadwood. T-shirt Thanks from so Deadwood. Shirt. You got it, man. So look at that. I come back with cash and prizes yes. for you guys. So very nice. Oh, very cool. So and I did Aces put a couple stickers eights. up in uh, in Deadwood. So nice. Thank Very you cool. so much. Very appreciative. Black T-shirt with playing cards and guns. There you go. That's South Dakota, man. That's that's money. That's lit, as the kids say. <laughs> I listened to the playlist many, many times. We yeah. were out there. The the road trip playlist. Yeah. Did so. you really? Was it a? You know, did you get to the fish playlist? <laughs> I, I did, and and you know, dude, when you spend two weeks in a minivan with three teenagers and the warden, um, <laughs> nobody died. Everybody came. That's amazing. Everybody came home in one piece. It's amazing so. the kids didn't kill Rob. Yeah. You know? So, but it was it was an awesome awesome trip. But I'm glad to be back. But yeah, man, when you yeah. guys texted me that this was something you wanted to do for a show, and I was like, dude. I'm in because there's are two fantastic albums. But then when you dive into it, they're like they're so they're different. different. Totally, they're so different. But they're you're right, Ryan. Totally. They're cornerstones of punk rock, and they're two of the greatest rock and roll albums ever. Yeah. The sound of them, um, the production value of each album, is made to sound that way. Like maybe the Ramones album is sound a little cheaply than the training. You know the um, London Calling album, but they made it sound that way. They wanted to sound gritty. They were trying to get a sound that they sound live because that's their sound. Yeah, like like you said, and it's like they totally accomplished that. But when you listen to like the London Calling, but e- even like the Clash's first album, like the Clash in '77, the production of that album by itself with their first album is like it's apples and oranges. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, train. Uh, why do I keep on saying "Train in Vain"? I just love that song. Rocks, man. Yeah, it's a great London song. Calling. You know, it's such a diverse album. It has every kind of music that you would want to hear in a pop album. A little Zydeco, a little bit of hot rod music, a little yeah. bit of. Uh, you know, a little bit of jazz, a little bit of easy listening. Some reggae, rockabilly, ska. It's it's all here now. You know, I'm I'm when I suggest this, I'm not here to suggest that what album is a better album. That's not what I'm questioning. My question is, what album has more of an influence than the other? Like, what album made a kid want to play guitar more? Yeah. Like when Ryan brought this up, we were, we were sitting on the beach, and he's like, "What about this idea for a show?" And that's automatically what I went to is like well, which album is better? You're like, no, it's not about what's better. It's more influential to kids and like, well, make you want to pick up a guitar or start playing the drums. 
or you know just start creating yeah well you know? yeah let's like listen to both we're gonna listen to both albums and we're gonna praise them because we love both yeah, of both them. albums are great um maybe at the end me and doug will duke it out see you know i don't you like you know like i thought about this a lot you even you know before we get the, sh- the show start and I'm, i really have changed my opinion a little bit of because we were talking about influential. Yeah, it's you know? all about so influential. It's not about what you think is better. No, I mean, obviously, one album is not better than the other no. album. Like, I will my... say, like, The Clash, though, their topics are a lot more political, broad-wise, than the, than the Ramones did. Well, Ramones we'll talk are, about yeah. all this later. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, I just want let's just dive in, man. Sure. Let's yeah, just start let's talking. hear that first song from right. the Ramones. Blitzkrieg Bop is yeah. the opening song on the Ramones album. What a great song that is! The, the production value of is that the remastered one, like the two from two thousand sixteen. Yeah, yeah, you can hear everything on that on that track, like the fuzz of the bass and how everything's like coming in, coming out until Joey starts singing. Like it's very well done. Now Tommy wrote this song. Tommy wanted to write a song for kids going to a concert. Like they all band together and you know, hey ho, let's go, like a chant and everything like that. And that was the first concept of it. But then after a while, they were like, "Wow, this, we really sound like Nazis." <laughs> oh, really? Like, yeah. yeah. Let, let's yeah. let's like calm this down a little bit and you know, let's you know go f- forward. But um, yeah, that was the first original idea. A gang of guys going to see a show, and they have an anthem, and the anthem is "Hey Ho, Let's Go," and it's a perfect opening for this album, you know, because like, say, "Hey Ho, Let's Go," let's get this party started, or let's get this show started. Yeah, I thought it was a great opener. They but, said that they they got the idea from this from a Bay City Roller song called "Saturday Night." Sure, and yeah. The, the, you know, I'll play a little clip of that while we're talking. see johnny ramon stabbing one of them <laughs> i to me that i that's rock and roll high school that is no like, it definitely uh, is rock or, and roll high know, school. like yeah hey i think know. that song has such a i mean the song that we just listened to has such um a doo-wop sound and the the, the ramones had that sick 50s 60s sound if anything it, it sounds like that to me yeah they, it's more of a doo-wop yeah kind of thing. they said they heard that and they they that chanting is something they're like we we need got it we, we have a song like, like right that. we need a song like that yeah we need a battle cry yeah. and like, they kind of followed them with throughout like in other songs that they did they they kept they they held on to that mold like they they kept that that uh roadmap for other songs like this shit works you know like you know listen to the drums on that track it's like tommy's like laying down this beat without any symbols or anything uh like he's playing like the floor tom and the snare drum it's like what really who really did that i put that in my notes too like i that the backbeat on this whole album is really really simple yeah, yeah. tommy i mean everything in the, mu- the, the musicianship right the whole thing oh, yeah. is simple but tommy ramone um he start learning the drums just for the ramones so he only knew how to play the ramone songs so they're all kind of basic 
but um, it's exactly what the song needs. It doesn't need some fucking drum solo. And in we it. we talked a lot about this in the punk rock episode about how uh, you know they they joked that they stink at their instruments sure. and yeah. they didn't really know yeah you know, three chords and that was it. That was all they needed. But you know, a, um, passion is something you can't fake. To have a song and have a sound that you can only make is so original. And especially, like you always say, Ryan, like, you know, these four guys were just destined to be the guy. Like, Ryan has the uh, the record album. The album. Like, yeah, stuff. And I'm, I'm just looking at the, the, the album cover for Yeah, this let's thing. look at this for a minute here. Four guys standing next to a wall. They're all wearing leather jackets and blue jeans and white sneakers. And they look like tough-ass motherfuckers. The, well, uh, Dee Dee was. Dee Dee and Johnny definitely were. Johnny, Bruce, what did you say about Johnny? He's giving the middle finger as I, he's sitting there. Yeah, there you go. I read that this picture was the most over like used by other bands, like as an influence. I, and I looked into this a little bit because as we were talking about the two bands, of course, the cover on both of these albums we're talking about is just amazing. Yeah. And the, so the Ramones were given an advance of sixty four hundred bucks for this album. Yeah, and they were told, you know, okay. Uh, you're paying for the studio out of this. Yeah. So they, they cranked it out really fast. And they spent about a third of the whole budget on a photo shoot that they wanted it to be like Meet the Beatles. Yes. Sure. And, and they said it just, it just flopped. And they were like, well, we just did this photo shoot for Punk Magazine. Let's go use that. And they're, they're actually around the corner from uh, CBGB's in New York. Can you imagine giving Didi $6,400? Do you think he was allowed to hold the money? No, no, no. fucking way. No. It, Johnny was in charge. No, actually, Tommy was probably in charge yeah, of probably, the money. Yeah. But, um, but, but you, have these, you have these four guys, you know, that's a lot of money, man, for back then. Sure. Like, and these guys come from, like, what, they're from Queens and live in apartments their whole lives and probably didn't have much money growing up. The money that they used to record the album was at a place called Plaza Sound and it was actually in Radio City Music Hall. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah so you had like the Rockettes were practicing downstairs. Yeah. And while you, you got, had these dudes, these, these guys dudes yeah. saying, hey ho, let's go. And you also had, it It was the same time, man, like you, 6400 bucks for the Ramones was a lot of money but you still had time where you know, record labels were still spending a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like this is the year that like Frampton Comes Alive came out. Yeah. yeah. Boston's first album, I think 2112 by Rush came out. You had these huge elaborate prog rock shitty, you know, but elaborate shitty songs. fucking albums that were overproduced yeah. and you hear this Ramones album and what it they blows everything did, out of the water. What they did was they used four tracks. They wanted to use four tracks because that's what the Beatle used. On one side, you have Tommy playing drums and Dee Dee on bass. On the other side, you have rhythm guitar. And in the middle the track, you have Joey's vocals and lead guitar. And if you listen to – I was listening to my stereo before How you they- guys came over. And uh, I was listening to it. I'm like, holy shit. It's like listen to a Beatles album. You hear it from each end of each speaker. And these guys were definitely, like, after you just played the Bay City Rollers uh, track just, just now, like, these guys were definitely influenced by, like, pop culture. And oh, everything yeah. Around Absolutely. Them, Girl groups. And yeah. Girl yeah. groups. All like, that stuff. Yeah. Like, all, like, like the Ronettes and, yeah. like, the Phil Spector sound. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. when I was putting my notes together to this, I was trying to compare the two. And I was initially saying, I mean, the musically and technically the Clash album is just all over the place. Yeah. It's just, it's brilliant. Yeah. And I was going to say that the Ramones operated in a much smaller box. And I was like, but that's not fair because no. they do have that doo-wop, that 60s sound that like, and they, they're, they weren't stupid when they went into the studio. They were like, they played all these songs in order. They were like, if we did a concert, 
what order would we play them in? Because we yeah. want that vibe. But they're like, but we're also not, you're not just capturing us playing live in a studio. They were mm. like trying to use whatever the studio could do to enhance their sound. Like you said, with the stereo mix. Yeah, I mean, they made it sound gritty. Like it was a time that albums were sounding amazing. You yeah. know, in the 70s, Genesis would make albums that sound fabulous. And yes, we're making these albums that sound unreal. But then there was bands like, Aerosmith that were making rock and roll Rise, albums. Rise came out this year. But then this sounds a little bit more grittier than those albums. And that's a great point, like that they're they know what they're doing so much that they make it sound like this on purpose. They want it to sound oh, absolutely. like this yes. on purpose. And, and especially with all the albums you guys just said, like the Rush album and the, the, the Frampton and this and that. You know, this must have been such a breath of fresh air. They're not recreating the wheel here. They just sped it up. I, you know I, have, I, mean? a, I have a great quote from that from Rolling Stone. So they said, In 29 minutes, the Ramones stripped away two decades of musical experimentation and left behind the pure clarity of the industrial strength of rock and roll. Wow. And it's like, it's a simple concept. And it's like, you know, this is their vision. You know, Frampton has his own vision. Rush has their own vision. Boston has their own vision. But their vision is so simple and it just works. You know, it works for this band. But I think that's what makes a good band. It's not about like how, see, like Frampton. It's all about fucking sure. Frampton and his sure. guitar. Sure. But is it necessarily about Johnny's guitar? No. No, no. it's about the sound they make together. Right. And exactly. you said this in so many episodes, and Doug, you brought it up, man. It's like just four guys that just happen to be in the same place at the same time. And it just works. Forest Hill is a is a magical place. <laughs> I mean, and to me, I mean, like you can draw the dotted line from all that stuff we talked about in the Sun Records episode to this, and I think it's a pretty short line. Yeah. You know, it's but then you get to like that's a great point that you brought up. You bring up the Sun Records thing, and then you know your doo-wop and your Elvis. These guys were influenced. This is the shit that they listened to their whole lives from their parents and what they grew up. This is what played in their neighborhoods. You know, they're just doing what they heard their whole lives, but doing it faster. But I think it's why it fits in the rock and roll so it fits in really easily, really fast, because it had all that doo-wop sound and all of the influence of all that pop music that the, the these guys grew up on. Then you had like Sha Na Na. They were big in the 70s before like the Ramones came around. They were a big deal. I think Dee Dee would fuck them up. <laughs> but you know, let's not talk about Shana now. But, but, the, but this the, point, the point that I wanted to make is like, here's a band that obviously made for TV or whatever, but they're playing nothing but 50s music, you know? Yeah. So yeah. then these guys kind of like, kind of went along with, with the same thing, but did it in their own way. Like this, this new thing called punk, you know? I kind of feel like we're just going to be playing some songs and we're having just one big conversation yeah. about the Ramones. And that was like my plan. Yeah. I was like, oh, we probably aren't even going to talk a whole lot about each individual song. So it's like, maybe we just have these little musical interludes. So let me just play yeah. the next song. Play, and let's just keep on going. Beat on the brat. Doug, you made a great point earlier about um, like the remaster and how clearly you can hear everything. Yeah. And you know, we're all sitting here with our headphones on. And I don't think I've ever listened to the Ramones with an actual like 
like try to indulge myself and put headphones on and really, really listen to it. Because even that guitar, man, I could hear it bouncing in each one of my. It's sure. brilliant how they had their. They knew what their sound would sound like, and they knew what they wanted to sound like on record. So, and I read a couple, uh, several times about how much they emulated the Beatles, and they wanted to make a Beatles kind of. I think yeah. that song is a really Beatlesish kind of song. Um, it's poppy, you know, beat on the bat. I mean, uh, beat on the beat yeah. on the brat, you know. Um, but, but what the Beatles were doing with the use of stereo sounds oh, at yeah. the time, right? It's the same kind of thing. And again, it's like here's four dudes that you know. The joke is they stink and they they you know, but they're they're really using the studio as an sure. instrument. Yeah, they were brilliant dudes, and their their writing was great. It wasn't like they're writing Shakespeare. Like this song was, this song was written that Dee Dee and. And Joey were standing around in Forest Hills, and they saw a mother swinging a baseball bat at their son. Yeah, kid was being an asshole, and she's like whipping the baseball bat at Brat. Yeah, kid was know? being a shithead, and they're like, hey, the "Kid, kid deserves to be." It's the kind of kid you want to be with a baseball bat. Well, when you, you know, when you're in New York and that in the seventies, you have to discipline your kids a certain way. Right. I heard Forest Hill was pretty rough back in the seventies. I've been there, and it's it's all Yuppieville now. Is it? But shit. You know, but with that song, like when that song came out, like beat on the brat with a baseball bat, that's pretty violent stuff to be like putting out there for people yeah, who aren't from Queens or from New York. Or that's this. very, it's a very punk rock. You know what I mean? So beat on the brat with a baseball bat. I think like, it's funny. No, no, it's, it's funny. Humor. But people no, and we get that humor because, you know, we're in an urban community. But I think a lot of people might have found like, man, this is really violent, you know? And a lot of this album deals with some pretty dark, you know, like yeah. Nazis yeah. and drugs and male prostitutes and... Well, um, that's what makes a great album. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. all, you, you put all that stuff together in some leather with some glue and that's what you got the first Ramones <laughs> album. I, I put in my notes here, like, this this whole album just really, really reminds me of early rock and roll. Like, just Greaser more, kind of hot yeah. rod music. Yeah. Yeah, rockabilly kind yeah. of thing. Stuff yeah. that, of a really, an era of American music that I absolutely love. And I mean, we talked, we did our top six American bands. I think all three of us had the Ramones. Mm. As you guys had, I think Ryan, you had them as their number one. They are my number one. Yeah, they I are just, the greatest American rock and roll yeah, band. They're just fantastic. Fight so. me over it. <laughs> <laughs> you will get no argument from me, sir. I'm going to keep rolling, man. I'm going to play Judy as a Punk. Great song. It is great because we only play 30 seconds of clips on this, it's half the song. On this show because it's of half Lawyers, the song. right, but yeah. it's half the song. But what's great about that song is that um, from the that's the third song on the album, and you can feel like how it's a little bit more complex than the second, the, the way that they recorded it. Yeah, it's got yeah, some it harmonies. Like the, the harmonies. Yeah, the harmonies, yeah. you know, it's definitely a little bit more complex than the other two songs. They wrote this song, um, it's a fictional character, Judy, and but they... They imagine when they were hanging up on top of their building in Forest Hills, they were partying with all their friends. They would drink beer and all that. And and one of them was a punk before punk was punk, you know. And they and they were like, "Oh, this girl's Judy is a punk," you know, like yeah. this guy's a punk. You know what? Another thing I just it doesn't fit anywhere in here. So I'll just mention it is like this album has only ever gone gold. 
Really? That's amazing. And it didn't go gold until I wrote down the year it went gold. 2014. Thirty shit. thirty-eight years after it was released. How the hell is that possible? It's still not platinum. How's that possible? Right? It's what everywhere. year was that? It went gold in twenty fourteen. Jesus Christ. I mean Dude's uh, in movies. Joey Joey Ramone died in two thousand early two thousand. And this album never went gold before then? Yeah, so it's it's not even platinum. That That's is amazing. A, it's not even a platinum album. Like that is a travesty. London Calling, I think, went five times yeah. platinum. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just it's amazing. How's that possible? Because it's like a, like, you know... I believe it, man. I mean, you know, these record companies do not back up bands. If anything, the Ramones made a, a cult following. You know, how many times I call myself Ryan Ramone. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Joey Ramone died in 2001. Yeah. You so, know, like... Which is shit. He's been dead for 20 years. Yeah. You yeah. know, just like, holy shit. I remember shit. when he died. That was so sad. I... I didn't think he died 20 years ago. I mean, I just looked it up while we're talking here. Yeah. I mean, you just said, like, oh, he, must, he died before that happened. I'm like, oh, okay, 2013, something yeah, like yeah. that. Seven yeah, years no. Ago. 20 years. I mean, he. I remember when he died, and it was like, oh, no, this whole scene is over. Like, the originality of what punk really was just I, died. Y- you can't – we keep saying the same thing, and we've done it in the punk episode, and so it's like, but you just – you can't – overstate how important this band is to rock and roll from the way that they look to the way that they stand on stage to their songs to the the chanting of hope you know let me let me play i want to be your boyfriend and then i want to follow up with that point i'm just trying to keep it keep it rolling rolling. That's the slowest song. Yeah, I'm just, I was just—I was just going to say—I don't know what the beats per minute are in that song, but it's very slow. And I could totally picture a bunch of chicks with like beehive hairdo. Yeah, totally. that's, that's that. the closest thing. It was no, a song. Yeah, it was an there. homage to love songs and pop acts notes from the past. Um, it's really interesting. The song is using twelve string guitar. Really? Yeah, it's back there with there's a Glock a, spindle. The, yeah, Glockenspiel. And there's a, like Spindler bells are back there. Yes, yes. Yeah, man. It's it's. I can hear it. It, it gives off this. This love vibe, man. You know what's like, and I don't know what this means anything, but there are one, two, three, four, four songs on this album that have the word I want. Like either I wanna or I don't wanna yeah, in, sure. the, in, yeah. the album, in the song title. That was always like the big joke. Oh, the rumor is I wanna do this, I wanna do that. Right. I wanna be your boyfriend. I wanna sniff some glue. Yeah. I don't wanna, I don't go, wanna, to wanna go down the base, right. yeah. I don't wanna walk around. It's like, well, just, yeah. you know, it's very personal, but you were they saying. They don't wanna do a lot of things. Right. <laughs> But you were saying before we took we played that song about like uh, uh, the way they look and everything. Like they also redefined what a rock and roll star looks like. I think they they took homage to the greaser look, like sure er, early like fifties leather jacket but rumble. Like before, like whatever you know. If I say punk rock, an image pops in your head. And to me, sure. I, I think of like the Sex Pistols. And yeah, Sid like, Vicious. But you don't have that without these guys. No, without no, these don't. guys, there would be no Sex Pistols. You're right. There would be no Clash. Right. The Ramones right. were the, the original. The original act. 
and what these guys look like, you know, um, you know, Johnny's perfect. Like you have a uniform. This is what we look. This is our uniform. I said in another episode of punk episode, Dee Dee wanted to start dressing more like the New York dolls and he would off stage. Yeah, but he was a junkie. Yeah. But like he was in that scene. Like, you know what I mean? But like when he got up on stage, like, no, you're a Ramon. This is your uniform. Johnny knew best. Yeah. Like Johnny knew best. Now going back to that song, like, um, I want to be your boyfriend. Is that true? That's about Linda, John's wife, Linda, that he, that originally that Joey was in love no, with. No, that's KKK's took my baby away. Is that what that okay? Yeah, we'll like, get to that song. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not on this that's album. That's not, not on this, on this yeah. album. No, it's not on this album. But uh, I want to be your boyfriend homage to love songs from the fifties. That totally has a throwback sound to yeah, it. Yeah, great song. Yeah. All right, let me play Chainsaw. Now that was a circular saw in the background. Yes. I know that from woodshop. Right. I know that sound anywhere. Shit. Bunch of posers. That's not yeah. a chainsaw. Yeah. Um. This was influenced by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. Of course. They they, they obviously want to massacre a bunch of people. So they wrote a fucking song about they, it. They were into like horror movies and yeah. comic books and all that stuff. What a great song. But yeah. even the bass on that sounds like a little bit different. Like there's a little bit of fuzz on that. You know, it sounds more like a classic punk rock song to me. That like a you know, at that point, what was a classic punk rock song then? Right, you know. But I, I was sitting here. It's like, how funny is a song? A walla 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 da da da. It's so like out there. Maybe it's a little bit like from um, game show from the sixties. <laughs> you know, a walla 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 da da Yeah, I even like I. You got the album sitting here, so I'm staring at it as we're yeah. talking, and we, we brought up like the uniform and everything. I mean, this is also the time where you've got like like Bowie is all dressed, sure. you know, Queen is around, yeah, like you know the the costumes and the theatrics and all this other shit is going on, and these dudes are just like we're going completely back to the basics. They just want to be a rock and roll band, right? You know, they look badass. They do. I, I mean, mean, he Dee has like a bulk, the worst bulk cut album, right? Of them. Right. I mean, the, Johnny has a bulk cut too, but Tommy has his own thing going on. He has the sunglasses on, you know. He looking like he's, I'm tougher than everybody. He's sneering and yeah, Joey. Joey looks uh, very tall. Know, he, yeah, he looks yeah, right, right. His everybody. head is over the letters of the word Ramones, and yeah. he's kind of hunched over and a little Frankenstein. Dude, they all got sneakers on. They all got sneakers on, and I love the background. It has it's the it's a brick wall um, on the bottom with all graffiti on it, and make it really. I love the '70s of New York. And yeah, you mentioned that before. I love the '70s. Like New York version, of, you know, in the seventies, and that's what I see in this 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 album on the album cover. Did you ever see the pictures of them riding on the subway? They couldn't they couldn't afford guitar cases, so they had everything. Like they had it in fucking shopping bags. bags, and you see them on the subway. That's great, that's punk. They, they really like they really imaged themselves as a certain way. You know what I mean? They really, even though it was probably true, like this is what it was, but it was so different. Like you know what I mean, it was so like like um. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's so like uh, visually like stimulating. You, you, you know almost I mean? like 
take it for granted now. Like because yeah, it's, it's been, been done, done so many right, yeah. but from at the time, bands yeah. like Pantera, bands like Skid Row in the eighties were doing it. You know, everybody bit off yeah, the remote. You, you throw yourself back into when this album came out in April seventy six. You know, it's like this is also this is three years before London Calling comes out. Sure, too, and it's also it's a simple picture, but it also makes a statement. Sure, you know. And it's, you know, it's, it's black and white and just everything about it. It's one of the most iconic pieces. Oh, well, both of these albums have amazing yeah. cover art, but yeah. But I, I do feel like, you know, the British punk, they really took a lot. I really do think they took a lot from this sure. image, from this image. Sure. You know, just with the graffiti in the background and, and desolate and, yeah, you know, all that. Well, that said, now I want to sniff some glue. I think it's funny how they're like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, but now I want to sniff some glue. And they said, uh, I hope you don't think that I sniff glue after hearing this. I stopped that when I was eight. Yeah, that was Dee Dee. Dee Dee said oh, really? that. Yeah. yeah. He graduated bigger drugs. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Tommy said, this is the first positive thing <laughs> that's said on the album since the beginning of the first track. That's this great. is the first positive thing. That's what his kids say. Like, all I wanted is something to do. Like, that's <laughs> I just, just something to do. It it's like boredom, good. man. Who yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Just, you know, especially when you're, you know, what did D.D. say? He stopped doing it when he was, was eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. And there's I mean, no, yeah. like, we were playing it. said there's there's no build up. It's just like, boom. And the, the lyrics yeah. just come right yeah. in. There's no it's intro. such a fuzz sound though it's it like is. you have to be sniffing glue to fucking sound like that <laughs> i find that hard shit. to believe dd stopped doing that when he was eight no he was doing heroin while he was 10 <laughs> we'll get into like you know a bunch of stuff with dd was doing but you know um sniffing some glue is something he did and he wore out it's a, the ground floor drug for them but i think that's it just shows you again how they have the sense of humor yeah. you know like we're, we're these like serious dudes that were fucking wearing leather jackets and whatever, but we have this sense of humor. And you said that in the punk episode, what, like the Sex Pistols went and saw him and Johnny Rotten was scared to death of them, thought they were yeah, like, yeah, gang, they were gang, 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 gonna beat them, them up. up. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they're, but they're famous for like, they're in the Spider Man. And, you know, I think Doug, you were saying that they're in the like breakfast cereal. Yeah, and man. Sunday I think there's a bunch of kangaroo watching or Captain, Captain kangaroo, kangaroo, Captain Crunch eating. Was he, I thought it was more of a howdy doody thing. Maybe. But I'm just like... Not Captain Kangaroo. That was our generation. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, there's just a bunch howdy of... Howdy doody. Bunch of howdy doody Captain Kangaroo the, loving motherfuckers. Yeah. I grew up watching television. Saturday morning cartoons or whatever. Johnny Quest. You know. And, so, they, and that's part of their personality. You know? It's part of their gig. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Let's just keep rolling. I don't want to go down into the basement.
think that's one of my favorite ones. Is it? Yeah, because I was always scared of the basement yeah. when I was growing up. <laughs> but like listening it, to that, like how long do you think it took Didi to learn that part? He wrote all he wrote all the songs yeah. with Tommy. It was probably his idea. I just, like you know he's he's just he's good at what he does. You know, I always say everybody's like, "Oh, Sid Vicious." I'm like, "No, no fucking no. Didi Ramone." Sid Vicious didn't even fucking play on anything. Yeah. Sid, but he's Sid, the cover of like punk yeah. rock, yeah. bass he's the playing. Face. Yeah, you know, he he is a just a construct of yeah. You know, sure, he he's become the uh, the legend is bigger than the reality. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, and I think Dee Dee thought that of himself also, and so did Johnny. The I legend, heard, I think they the all legend did. thing, the ego thing. I heard another story that. This song was about Debbie Harry said that this song was about them being afraid to go to the CBGB bathroom downstairs. That's really been there because we've been there. I believe it. Yeah, and they were just scared to go down because that's where all the freaks were doing <laughs> yeah. Their yeah. drugs doing and drugs smoking and crack. And you know that's what Debbie Harry said it was about. I would follow I, Debbie I, Harry. Yeah, anything she says, I would follow yeah. Debbie Harry into the shitter of hell. I don't care. <laughs> in CBGBs, and, and CBGB's. the CBGBs is the shitter of hell. Yeah, I would. Yeah, <laughs> but I never heard that before. That's fan. That's great. Yeah, I, I read about that. Yeah, that's this funny. Week. That's yeah. why I'm going to believe for the rest of my life. Yeah, okay. I don't give a shit yeah. if it's true or not. I yeah. don't care. I love the last time we were talking about punk rock music, and uh, we we're talking about Blondie, and I said something like, uh, "Oh man, I'd still fuck every Harry." And instead, it was like <laughs> that's what I was I was editing it on my computer just as my daughter walked into the room, uh, like uh, I had my uh, headphones uh. on, but still. My affection for Debbie Harry is well known. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, hi man. So song number eight on the album is Loudmouth. Yeah. You know, I'm listening to the uh, the drums on that for the last like these last tracks. He doesn't mess around with his with his cymbals too much. There's those two same crash cymbals, and they got to be super. You would know better yeah. than I would. They got to be super tight, man, because they don't ring out. I think they wanted a different sound in the drums than other albums at the time were making these awesome sounding drums. You know, they wanted to make these muffled sound drums because maybe they were trying to make it sound more what they did like live at CBGB's. Yeah. Because those cymbals you know? don't ring out, man. They just, you know. Well, I don't, maybe they weren't mic'd like too, yeah. too, too close to it. I think maybe he was more about doing that hi-hat, snare drum, bass yeah. drum, like that backbeat rhythm. So, and with DD doing on top of that, it added to it. And there's not a lot of cymbal crashes. No, everything everything there is where it belongs. It doesn't need anything more or anything less. Yeah, it's like it's really tight. Like it, yeah. it's in a very small, like confined space of yeah. what they're doing. You might be in a closet. Like that's like like you know, uh it's padded up like crazy. Yeah. You know. It's in like a very small area Close in quarters, the mix. Yeah. 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 Like even where it sits in the mix, like they're not you don't hear the instruments kind of like spilling over each other and no. everything else. But what was sounding like that? Back then, nothing. Maybe the Stooges album. Maybe, maybe yeah. the maybe the New York Dolls album. Yeah, you know. Uh, I even feel like the New York Dolls were a little. They're like a little more, bit more flashier. Was, yeah, a yeah. little more elaborate this, yeah. then. But yeah. the Stooges is probably yeah. A good, you're probably a good right. Just the sound of the record. Make it sound how the Ramones paid attention to the sound that they wanted to make it gritty. And that song is as gritty as as yeah. this album gets. Gritty is probably the word. I'm trying to think like 
it, it's not like compressed. There's no. something about the production on it, though. But it's gritty. Dirty. Probably the, yeah, it's gritty. Dirty. The right, the I right honestly way. don't think they put a lot of thought into the, to the actual production. They just got up there and this is what we do. This is what we're capable of doing. No, Tommy lay it down. Tommy was very hands on mm-hmm. to like we want. And Tommy's the drummer, you know. Also on top of that, he's like, I want the drums to sound like this. I want us to sound like this. I don't want to sound like Peter Frampton. I don't want to sound Thank like God. Bay City. Yeah, they, or, they wanted to come up with their own identity. Of what they sound like. And I thought they did that. Yeah. I thought they kept that going for their whole career. You know? Sure. They, that they, Ramon sure, sound. Yeah. They stuck to it. They never changed. And you said it correctly. It's the Ramon sound. Yeah. All right, sweet. We keep on rolling, man. Havana Affair is the next song on this album. Now, I heard that this song was influenced by Spy vs. Spy, like really? the comic strip. I read that too. That, that, um, that it was from the Mad Magazine, Mad Magazine. Yeah, yeah, Spy vs. Spy. Thing, yeah. It was the illustrator was um, Cuban-born illustrator Antonio Profis. Yeah, Loudmouth and Hannah Fair process about the same tempo. Hmm. You know? Really? Yeah. I never heard that. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of like, you know, the spy thing going on, you know? Yeah. But like, uh, not I, I, I always feel like I get so nerdy just by listening to like the uh, the instruments. Now how we're saying like you know everything I'm saying that song sounds different. Like with that with that um, the floor time like doom like you hear yeah. that in there. Baby baby, want your mango boom. boom? Like you know, yeah, it's different. But you know, it's you know we're getting pretty far in this album, and like that Ramon sound. Like I kind of wish they kind of went right into the lyrics into that song because you kind of like found the same kind of uh blueprint. Yeah. Well, that's you know. what they did. They had, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. You know, that they had the Ramones thing. The blueprint to the song was just to the, to, to the jeans and the leather j- jacket. Yeah. Two, two and a minute, and half songs, you yeah. know, but these songs are great though. They're not, they they're, they're not like, like a visual. They're very like, they're, believe it or not, they're a visual band. They're a very visual band. But you're, you're right. If I played the first like five seconds of like, you know, this, does this work? Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. They have yeah. these intros the same, right, that the are same, kind of like, it's kind of the same thing. I, I don't want to say formulae because that, I it think is. that does them a disservice, yeah. but it, you're right. It's like a, it's a template or something. But you're talking about guys who have no musical training whatsoever. They're doing what they know how to do. Yeah. They had a great producer though. His name was Craig Leon. Now Craig also, recorded Blondie, but what I really found interesting that he recorded Luciano Pavarotti. Really? Really? Yeah. So he, in his <laughs> lifetime, <laughs> so in his lifetime, he recorded the Ramones and Pavarotti in the same like, you okay. know, lifetime. That's wild. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. But like, I think he was in on what it should sound like. I think he sure. went and saw the Ramones a few times and sure. like, I get it. Yeah. They want to, like we were saying earlier, they want to capture that live show. Sure. All right, what next is on this album? We got a couple tracks left. Uh, Listen to My Heart is song number 10. Let's play 30 seconds of it. Next up, I listen to my heart. 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 
I read that this song was about failed relationships. You know, makes sense. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm like taking up all the no, no, all no. stuff here. I just did a lot of research yeah, on yeah, it. I'm just no. love this album. Yeah, I, I feel like I have a lot to say about them. But that production of that song is absolutely amazing. From the claps to even it felt it feels like they they were getting a little bit more used to mixing at that point because I'm sure they had a lot to do with the, how the mix felt. So they got a little bit more comfortable. There's probably like it's far we're far in the values. album, man. It's really fucking really good, man. It's one of yeah, the it's better. It's song. one of the better produced albums on this. I'm sorry, produce songs on this album. It definitely sounds different than the how we were just saying. Yeah. Maybe some of these songs have the same kind of yeah. vibe to it. This song has a different kind it's of vibe. It's got the hand claps. I think yeah. also that it, it does have that kind of templatized sound at the beginning because they, they only know three chords. Yeah, right? but look what they're doing they're with doing, them. Right, they're they're doing, turning them inside out, upside yeah. down, sure. right side up. Sure. Anything that you could do with these yeah. three chords, and they're bring, doing it. But the, you know, even with those hand claps, they're bringing more stuff in. They're getting a little bit more ideas. Oh, let's try this. Let's try that. You know, they, like Ryan said, like they probably originally went in there. Okay, we want to record with four tracks, but we can do all this other stuff if we wanted to. Sure, you know. And they added to it, and like again, I said it already, man. That's a fucking great, beautiful sound, man. There's not there's not a song on this album that I'm if I'm listening to it that I'm like, oh, this this song's a stinker. I'm gonna skip it. You know, just mm. like top to bottom. I think London Calling's got a couple songs on it. That I I don't I'm not a huge You're fan. Of. Sure. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple things I'm just kind of. Eh. Is this a song that you skip? Yeah, th- there's there's a couple on London Calling and we'll talk about. Like I was listening to today when I was working. Sure. And I was you know my desk. I was listening to London Calling. There's a couple songs that it was like I was getting annoyed. That it was like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of like in my ears. I'm like, I got to concentrate. Fuck it. Yeah, I don't like, know what you're talking about. Because there's like 16 <laughs> songs on that album. 21. Right, right. Yeah. 21. It's, it's 21. Longer, it's longer. like 22 at Training Bane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't quite make the album. But this one, I there's no songs that I'm like, uh, you know. Because they're it. so short. By the time you go. Push, <laughs> by the time like, I get to the button. Can you imagine like, like, like if you had the record player, the time you reach over to, to ch- try to figure out where to next, play the next song. It's over, man. You just got to get through it's it. It's true. You spend more you know? time tooling around yeah. with the record needle. But I think that song that sound that song sounds great, man. Yeah. And it's a great song by itself. Yeah. All right, man, let's keep rolling. Fifty third and third yes. is the next on this album. Another great song great from the Ramones. Song. Here we go. Now, 53rd and 3rd Street is 53rd Street and 3rd Avenue of Midtown Manhattan. And that's where all the pretty boys hang out in the 70s. They get picked up by the men be prostitution. And Dee Dee Ramone used to pimp his ass out there to get heroin money. I remember you telling me this when we were kids. I was like, you got to be kidding Holy me. Holy shit. I was like, after watching the basketball diaries, like, oh, Dee Dee Ramone did that. I'm like. Get out of yeah, here! Yeah, uh, Ramone pimped his ass out. Okay, well, hey. I, don't, I mean, he says he says it's all fictional, no. but like you know, who knows with DD? He was such a crazy fucking dude. Who knows? Um, but in the middle of that song, he he proves that he's not gay by killing the guy right in this and that he picks him up. That picks right. him up. Hey, twenty bucks know? is twenty bucks. You know? Twenty yeah. bucks is twenty bucks. I and I as we're. As we started playing that, I'm like, well, that song's a lot slower than some of yeah. the other stuff. And I, yeah. I just 
typed it into the computer with like the tempo and there's actually a, there's actually a website that tracks the beats per minute of every song that the Ramones have ever done <laughs> and this one is the average on this album is about 180 and this one's at 135 it's the second fastest song on the album I wow. want to be your boyfriend really? at 133 oh wow yeah fuck cares or who it, knows but, no I but like it but it has such a laid back kind of feel to the yeah. song it doesn't feel like it's that fast yeah it's not smashing you, know? you in the face no, like some of the other all. stuff no mm. um, but that's that's probably one of my favorite songs on this album is it yeah yeah Doug definitely. likes to pimp his ass out yeah I do I do it every night when I go to yeah. fucking work at the bar <laughs> <laughs> try to I'm cl- ch- uh, again chasing nickels and dimes there you go Word. I think this. I think Let's Dance is my favorite yeah. song on this album. Yeah, I just love that it the uh, the, the kind of throwback vibe of it. Let's play. Rock it, it out. I think it has this surfer sound. Yeah, I think I'm so you know? used to the original that it has like that, like there's like an organ in it, like dan, 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 mm. dan, and then I expect that, and I just know it's just the Ramones getting you. Sure, yeah, it's a it. cover, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's Chris Mont- Montez. Yeah, yeah, I did read that earlier. Yeah, I could find that. Yeah, there's a lot going it. on that song, though. There's a lot going on. Here's the drums kind of go out there a little bit, try to experiment a little bit, because it's it's an original, just the instrumental, isn't it? I, It's, like, it's surf that's music. Great. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's great. That's Coney yeah. Island I music. Never, I was just you never heard that? Thing. I never heard that. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a dork. Wow. Yeah, man. I I, but that, like you said, like the Coney Island feel and that whole like you know carnival kind of yep. Yeah, Brighton it's, Beach and yeah, it's you know. surf music. Yeah, man. And they were, they were into all that kind of stuff. They Dude, like imagine the taking the subway from Queens just to go to all the way to the beach. <laughs> just go to Coney Island. <laughs> I'm your Coney Island baby. You guys ever been to Coney Island? No, but a no. friend of mine goes out there often, and I was just saying, Anne, I'm amazed we've never been out there. We're planning on it, but uh, road trip, road this is a rock trip. and roll road trip. All right, we got two songs left on this album, so the next to last one, I don't want to walk around with you, love song. said that was one of the first songs they written together i can see that really yeah it sounds i just get this bit every time i hear this song i think of like a small little brat child like walking around with his parents i don't want to walk around with you this and that but it's funny like we were saying like all their songs like i want to do this i want to do that is this the first song i don't want to do something 
No, they don't want to do a lot of fucking things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they don't want to go to the basement. Yeah, I don't want to go to the yeah, basement. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but um uh that song's okay. It's not my favorite. No, it, it's it's it belongs it, it belongs on the album. Yeah, it's buried in there. So it's definitely a Ramon song. I it probably doesn't matter, but I'd like yeah, you know, we're listening to this on. We're playing all this shit on Spotify as we're talking. It has the least amount of plays out of every song on the album. Mm. So huh. that's just just as but insightful as the beats per minute, right? What does Spotify right, know? They don't anyway. know shit. They're not on the show. Yeah. All right. Last song. Today your love. Tomorrow the world. This is my favorite song. On is the it? Album. Yeah. Is it? All right. Yeah. Let's play it. I want to. Then I want to hear why. I love the song because I love World War Two. Yeah, I love a lot of Nazis. Nazi. They bring the Nazis well, in here. He and... says, "What he says? I'm a shock trooper in a stupor. Yes, I am. I'm a Nazi schnazi. <laughs> Known I fight for the fatherland. But the original, the original lyrics that Seymour Stein said no fucking way was, "I'm a Nazi baby. I'm a Nazi. Yes, I am. I'm a Nazi schnazi." You know I fight for the fatherland. <laughs> At least they like, they kept Schnazi in yeah. the, <laughs> uh, the original version. I don't know. I I just I just love the 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 sound of it's a great it. sound. You know, I don't, I I like how Joey phrases the the, yeah. the words to it, the rhythm of the, the the lyrics. You know, as we talk about like you know the, the whole reason for the show today is like influential. I feel like that song influenced a lot of people to come after it's definitely know. one of the most complex songs on the, on the record definitely you know it, it's different than all the rest of the songs on there definitely maybe i think it's the most important song on there i like the one two three four in the beginning and it sounds like it's cut off too like mm-hmm. it just you know i think with this album they record it pack like in a pack like they record it live and then maybe went back and punched in guitar solos and totally punched really? in uh, lyrics singing yeah. background vocals and you know I, th- I think it was i really do think it was recorded as a pack here let's play the one two three four again just listen to it it sounds like it's not it's not like one of them doing they go into the song it just yeah, hear that? Like no. you hear yeah, the, yeah. the feedback, and then it just drops. It sounds like they they, they, they splice they, it in from yeah, something they taped else. It in. Play it one more time. All right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were yeah, coming from a, another song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they just splice it in because it it worked for them or something. So they probably just catch these songs on recording, and they like never ever. Uh, it, tried to make it sound that way and they're like oh shit this is how the song is supposed to go mm-hmm. but that sounds cool let's just splice it in well sure and i read it when they went into the studio they had like 35 songs written like they wow. had like the material for like the first like three albums when they went in to cut this sure and it's great know, and they just cranked it all out well they were cranking out albums pretty fast too yeah. in their career they, yeah they, like they put out an album a year for fucking 20 years yeah they were very prolific well this happened i guess that happens when you can songs are you know two minutes long and they all kind of sound <laughs> sure. the same and you're using I want to or I don't want to in the mm. title in half the titles but you know the first Ramones album I think is very important to music not just punk rock but to like rock and roll to to uh, I don't know metal it's definitely any kept, form of rock and roll it definitely kept the roots of rock and roll alive 
Absolutely. You know? Yeah, when in the seventies, when yeah, the, the Bee Gees were fucking happening, yeah. and absolutely, yeah. it definitely kept people like it kept their roots down. But then it's like you had other bands like Kiss out there, yep. which I'm not knocking them, but no. they were a circus act. They were, and you know, and the Ramones came in, and like Nirvana did, they kind of made everybody look fucking stupid. Right, just stripped it all down and went back yeah. to basics, and just they did just the music, the instruments, and not all that elaborate shit piled up on top of it. Mm. No, and you know what blows my mind is it didn't go. Would you say gold? It's, until it's only gold. It's, yeah. Fourteen, yeah. 14? It's still not a. It's still not a platinum album. How is that Jesus possible, Christ. dude? It's on fucking stamps. But you know what? You know what though? It's like the the age of the download, and who knows how that fucking works. Yeah. You know, like how but, many how many times did I listen to London Calling this week, or how many times did I listen to the first Ramones album this week? It was, it was a bunch of times. I'm gonna fucking listen to this album so many times. I'm, we're gonna get it. Platinum. I'm just gonna sit there and just, just listen. Everybody to it. listen to our show. Listen to that first Ramones album. But it's like that joke, like you know, like oh well, there's another form of listening coming out, so I got to buy the white album again. You know, like how many times have you bought this album? You're like, you've definitely bought it on cassette tape. I had it you, on cassette, cassette tape, on CD. CD mm-hmm. you, have, you have it on vinyl. Yeah. You know how is that possible? They they never had a. They're in Rock album. and Roll Hall of Fame too. They never had a platinum album. It's crazy. But just that album, not even going gold. Yeah, or going gold, right? One of the greatest albums yeah. ever made, and it's you know, yeah, it's, it, and it's crazy. There's that, something wrong. That yeah. just shows you people don't know what the fuck they're doing. Nope. You hear that, America? Us. Right. Wake up. Wake listen, up. Listen to more Ramones, man. All right, so you're gonna we'll take a commercial break, sure. and we'll come back and we'll dive into London Calling by the Clash. Yeah. All right, all right. All right stick around. Stick around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. All right, we're back from the commercial break. Thanks so much for sticking with us. So we've been in New York. We've been in the basement of CBGB's. We've been following Debbie Harry down to the basement of CBGB's. That sounds creepy (laughs) as shit, but I would do it. And now we are going over to London to talk about The Clash. Yes, the only band that matters. Yes, I love it that, Ryan, that you you took the vinyl down and you put up The London Calling. I'm wearing a Clash t-shirt right now. Let's take a look at this album cover, guys. You want to talk about the album cover before we dive into yeah, it? Yeah, let's do that. Sure. That um that I mean that guitar it's a famous of whether the bass getting smashed on the stage. Uh did you guys see the bass? I, I heard it was in yes, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. It's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, you know, the picture is obviously um I'm sorry, Paul Simon and and he was playing a club in New York City and he got he was getting frustrated because the um bouncers weren't letting the the fans stand on their seats. Yeah. And basically, like, he was like pissed off. Yeah. So out of frustration, he smashed the the bass, and they took the picture. And the woman Patty, I can't remember her name, but she um, took the picture. and She didn't like it, so she brought it to the band. And Joe Strummer really thought that it captured what they were trying to represent in this album, and um, they loved it because she didn't like because it, it was out of focus and all that. Well, what I really like what they did was they took Elvis's first single. And put the font on there, which was London 
down in pink on the left-hand side of the cover, and then calling on the bottom of it in green. And if you see Elvis's first single, it had the same color, the same font, the same everything. They wanted to piss Elvis off. Yeah. They, they were like, fuck him. He's not the king of rock and roll. Well, you know, Elvis is already dead at this point, correct? When this album came out. This album came 79. out. 79. 79. Elvis died in, what, 77? I think Elvis died. I looked it up today. And, yeah, seventy-seven. Yeah, so okay. from what I got from it, the uh, the car, the um, the artwork was designed by Ray Lurie, and was an homage to the design of the Elvis Presley okay. self-titled album because it was more of a, a, a design to praise, you know, the idea of rock and roll. Okay, you know, the the album had originally had a different name too. It was like I, it did the last chapter or something. I'm trying to find it, I I should have put it in my fucking notes when we were talking about it uh the last testament or something like that it was mm. supposed to be like this is the end of that era of music that started with elvis and ends with this sure. record it totally has a feel of the beginning rock and roll like of like rockabilly kind of it that's what this this album is so awesome it has like it's zydeco rockabilly late jazz hard rock it, it just has everything in it and, you know, just going back to the album cover, in 2002, this picture was named the best rock and roll photograph of all time by Q Magazine. It was on stamps in England. Yeah, yeah they made, it was. like, yeah. a set in 2014, I think it is, like, a set of stamps. You have the most important albums that come out of uh, Great Britain. I, I mean, as far as, like, a punk album, I mean, this is so different than what we just listened to. Yeah. And all the other shit that's coming out at this time, right? Like, the Sex Pistols and just all the other bands that, that are yeah. out in this, the Stooges and the, you know, the Dolls and everything. This is... This is pushing the envelope in so many different directions with different music styles. So when they were touring for uh, Give Them Enough Rope, they had like their opening bands. They really went for that rhythm and blues thing. They had like Sam and Dave. They had Bo Diddley, Bo Diddley, Sam and Dave, Lee Dorsey, and this and this uh, screaming Jay Hawkins. You know, they just really embraced that really American rock and roll thing because you know punk was kind of coming to an end. Like that whole. The whole feel, like the in Britain, the 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 popularity has been going. So they had to refigure out what they were going to do. I think they were trying to reinvent themselves. They just were. like they they were they were better than just a punk band. Absolutely, you know. It, it, I think kind of Green Day followed in their steps by making American Idiot. Like, hey, we're more than this punk band. We're we have these ideas. Also, when they went in to make this album, they didn't have any material written. To go in this, they had that they suffered from this uh, writer's block. So what they did, they started rehearsing for this album um, like a few months prior to starting recording, and they were like, "Okay, no outsiders allowed. We're not letting anybody in here. If you're not in the band, no girlfriends, no friends, no this and that. If you're not in the band, you're not coming to these practices." So these guys would wake up, show up in the afternoon, practice for a few hours, take a break, go play soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. They, and that really brought those guys together. And right after that, they go to the bar, get a couple of drinks, collect themselves, and go back and rehearse mm. later in the night. So they were they were trying to, like Ryan said, they were really, really, really trying to figure out what their next move was. Let's listen to London Colin. All right. Let's do it. Here we go. Beatlemania has bitten the dust. London calling, see 
Joe Strummer was influenced by an accident, nuclear reactor accident, three mile island, Pennsylvania. That's a pretty pretty close to Philadelphia. Yeah, it's in yeah, Pennsylvania. It's, a big thing. Yeah. it's closer to us than it is London. I mean, but that's what Joe Strummer was uh influenced by which yeah. is nuclear meltdown. You know, like, you know, they were talking about like, you know, uh if if London went underwater because they were having problems with their levees at that time and like, you know, I've lived by the river, I'm gonna be the first one to drown. Right. But the the term London calling is something that came out of World War Two. So the BBC would put like start broadcasts to occupied countries. This is London calling, and they would give the like the news oh, really? and all that. Yeah. So I, there's like a lot of just in this in this song. There's a ton of roots in this song. Like it's a very complex song. I think it's a statement. Yeah, and that's the majority of this album. And it's a great opening. I mean, just like Blitzkrieg Bop is a great opening yeah. of the Ramones. Yeah. It was like that. Dun 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 dun. Yeah, that that mm-hmm. guitar. And it has that, you know, the phony, phony Beatlemania. Mm. You know, it is giving the middle finger. It's yeah. got a, it, the, the lyrics have a total like punk vibe to it. Yeah. And I think they're saying yesterday's gone and here we are. We're the future. Yeah. You know, we're, we're the new thing. Like they say, like, you know, the phony Beatlemania, they know that it's like the whole punk thing is over. You know what I mean? And that's what that statement is, like the phony beat phony beating mania, because all the hype that was going in the concert, like people were paying attention to the punk rock scene. Like, you know, like everybody started dressing in punk rock and like it was on television and the sex pistols didn't help out much, you know. And just ex- the exploitation. Everybody just got tired of it, you know. Yeah, I agree. Even like uh, the cover is like, okay, we're throwing back to Elvis a little bit, but we're smashing the guitar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like like we're moving on. What a great cover too. I mean, and you look in the background, see this guy in the background? Yeah. yeah. That's a bouncer. And yeah. he's going after a guy rushing the stage. Yeah. And he's like, let me grab this guy before he grabs yeah. guys in the band. I just found that out a couple of years ago. Hmm. My buddy Neil Poor told me that. That was cool. Yeah, we had to do a show sometime on just like amazing album artwork or something. Awesome. That would be fun. Yeah. That'd be really fun. Is is this a punk album? No, it, this is it's like a more punk, than it's more than like, a it's punk more, album. It's like new wave, like not new wave, you know, like that post punk. Yeah, sound. I mean you're spill, you're right on the cusp of the '80s. I think it even in America, this came out in 1980. Yeah, and like you know, I don't want to jump too far into this episode, but this has to be. I discovered this album like later in life, like as a like a late teenager. This has to be one of the most influential albums of my life. That's why, like, I was like, "All right, we're going to talk about this shit." All right, well, let's let's get it on. Yeah, but you know, not get ahead. But every song on this album is a statement. It's a piece of art. You know, they're dealing with all kinds of issues going on. You know, it's it's you know we, we go song by song. You yeah, know? let's keep moving. All right, let's guys. keep rolling, man. All right, brand new Cadillac. Here we go. Rockabilly music. Yeah, it's right? a cover. It's, it's a cover. Yeah. It's Vince Taylor. And the and his Playboys? Yeah, I mean, 
Doug, you want to do a, a show about hot rods. Now, yeah. I think that's the sound that you're kind of looking for. Exactly. You that's know? exactly what I was going for. Uh, can we hear the original version of that? Yeah, brand Just new a, Cadillac. Yeah, a couple seconds. Yeah, man, absolutely. I didn't know it was a cover, so I'm happy to... I think you're going to love it. It's going to be right up your alley. Vince Taylor and his Playboys. Yep. I dig it, man. I actually yeah. have a I have a rockabilly playlist on my Spotify, and yeah. I literally just, just added, put, I just just added it to it. that as yeah. we're sitting here. I think that's the sound you're looking for, Doug. Yeah, but um, you know, they they came up with this song because they would always play that song like in sound checks and in the clubs and everything like that, and they kind of made it their own thing, you know. Um, yeah, it has like that that echoey kind of yeah. guitar, like the up and the down, like yeah. that that. It's almost like a wave. Like it Dude, does have like some proto surf kind of sound to it. This album is very, very complex. Yeah, it is. Yes, very it's complex. Absolutely, totally, absolutely. Just totally. the way they recorded it, and you know, it has a little bit of everything on it. Like I said earlier, you know, all kinds of different music on it. Holy shit! Yeah, you the know? Ramones album kind of like punches you in the face. Exactly. And this yeah. is just like this a, is more of a thinking. Kind I was of thing. yeah, took the words right yeah, out of my mouth. Yeah, you know, and like doing the research for the show, man. Like I looked up every song, what every song meant, and everything like that, and it was really like. Re- like discovering like what are what exactly are they talking about like you know even though you hear these songs a thousand times in your life what exactly are they all about it it's like it's smarter than like it's the punk aesthetic right of like the the, the the safety pin through your nose yeah. and the fuck everybody it's way smarter than that yeah. even like i mean the shirt i'm wearing has got yeah. like a, yeah. a skull on it with some some uh, playing cards on it yeah. and it's like man the clash was so much more than that but joe strummer was so worldly by the time he came back and started playing in bands and stuff he was living in jamaica his father was some kind of dictator di- yeah, diplomat like, diplomat yeah, of some you mentioned sort. that before yeah and he went to private school and his his brother committed suicide you yeah. know so he was very he had a lot of shit happen though at a very young age so he he his mind was definitely different than I didn't know he lived punk. in Jamaica and that makes yeah. a world of sense with yeah, I mean, Jamaican sound. music is yeah, all sound. over this yeah. yeah well that kind of goes into our next song Jimmy Jazz alright let's do it Jimmy Jazz I said he ain't here but he sure you looking for Jimmy Jazz yeah Jimmy Dread Cut off his gears and Chop off his head Police come look for Jimmy Jazz Jazz, jazz, jazz So they're gonna take Now Jimmy Jazz was a character that came up with yeah. Jimmy Jazz was like a Rude boy yeah. Or a mobster You know, we were talking about what a rude boy was At our punk show mm-hmm. You know, uh, John Lennon was a like a rude boy also You know, he was more of a teddy yeah, well, but Rude I, Boy was just more of a like a cross between a mop and a rocker. I thought Rude Boy was first. It was the first uh, a family came over from Jamaica, basically, and they were like first uh, generation of British-born Jamaican in England, and they would call them uh, Jamaicanish, Jamaican English. 
Okay. So they were like kind of rude and they just called them rude boys because they were just re- rebellious against their expression yeah. toward the establishment and like for freedom. So they thought like they lived, they came from this horrible place where they had no like rights or this, that. So they came to England, yeah. had a little bit more. So they weren't acting proper. So they, they were called Rudies, you know, which we'll go into another song. I never knew that because I mean the, the the name Rudy is all over yeah. ska music yeah. and but, stuff like but that. But it's, it's it's a term basically <clears throat> the first generation born yeah. in England from well, let's, Jamaica. Let's skip hateful. Let's skip that. So there's 22 songs on this album. We're gonna have to skip a few of them. Okay. So let's just go right to Rudy Can't Fail. All right, that's one of my favorite songs yeah. on this album. Yeah, the the root boys of Jamaica. This is like uh, them the elders saying that they they don't do anything. Yeah, like, they kinda, just sit around and drink beer all yeah, day. Yeah, and they're kind of celebrating their lifestyle. And it's not yeah. Joe Strummer's not doing the main lyrics on that song either. Is it Mick Jones? Yeah, yeah, oh, so. well. yeah. Because he goes like, "Sing it, Mike. Sing it, yeah. Mike." Mm-hmm. What it, like? There's something about Joe Strummer's voice that sounds unlike anything, and it's not like. Sometimes, like if a British person sings, you don't hear the accent. But there's definitely like there's something there's something, there's something to his voice. That just sounds like unlike anything I've ever heard. Well, it's just like the Beatles. He uses his accent for his music. Yeah, he's like, yeah. "Rudy, don't fail." Like yeah. you can hear that that yeah, Cockney Mick, yeah. a little yeah. bit, that that Mick Jaggery kind of yeah. thing to his voice. He, I think he that was just natural to him. If sure. you look at some of his interviews and stuff, he's so animated. Yeah, yeah. it's like a yeah. like a nasally kind of yeah. Yeah, kind of sound to him. It's a unique thing. In he the was clash. so awesome. But and, then you then you get the Joe, and then you look at guys like Mike Ness. Like sure. Mike Ness yeah, is yeah. like definitely influenced by Joe Strummer. Sure, the way you know. That he does everything, but it's just part of the clash, man. Like they're bringing a, a piece of culture to um, to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like I I really like the specials. Yeah, and, sure. And yeah. hearing that, and then hearing this, we're like, okay, well, this came first, and you, I kind of yeah. I get all the influence. But there was like a lot of this sound going on at that time. They weren't the creators of this. Like you mean, like we were talking er- earlier about like them trying to find their sound. Like part of me wants to. Th- like say like not say and not admit to it that they're not as original as I thought they were at one time the clash with London calling because there was a lot of this sound going on with these with with the music that they made it was a very popular sound at that time but were there other like white bands doing this yeah like, right that's like a cultural yeah th- I mean that music from that I part mean, of the world you had, you had like ska going on exactly that's what I'm you, getting you at. had yeah. ska going on. And maybe the new wave was start flying in, you know, uh, punk was kind of like drying up because, you know, there's only four chords in punk. Right, right. And they were like, oh, we're going to do like the, the six strings more. You know, I don't know. But um, they're just more than a punk band. Yeah. It's just more of all that shit. There's like a whole bunch of sounds on this album. You know what I mean? And it all works. Every song fucking works on this album. You know? It says that um, this was influenced by a guy named Ray... Ray Gange. Ray Gange. He's a former London English actor, best portrayed a roadie in the film Rude Boy. Hmm. So he uh, stopped being an actor. He became a roadie for The Clash. Okay. And, you know, 
they, they said little influence on the song there. You know, okay. A little something. Cool. Maybe keep on moving. All right. Uh, you want Spanish Bombs, the next song on the album? You said there was a good story behind this, right? Um, there is, but I know you hate this song. But I, we, we, no, I, th- I think it's important. Like, well, just, do you know about this song? Yeah. All right, play, All right, play a little play bit it. of it. See, this is a song about um, the Costa Rica bombings by the ETA. In Spain. In Spain. And um, when Joe Strummer would come home from the studio late at night, come home, he'd pass all the rubbish. And you think about all the IRA shit that he right. went through. He's seen through his life. And it really inspired him. He knew what those poor people were going through because it was just a, a revolution army mm. thing you know they were just they were just uh people living in an area and demolished their whole way of life for war and you know for for the clash to put this song out you know not i'm i'm really at the i'm not going to compare these albums to each other because you're talking about the ramones talking about sniffing glue and then you have it talking <laughs> right. about right. you know geopolitics in going on south america in south america you know what i mean i just i i think joe strummer's educated i mean he, well yeah you know, he was educated you know? like you know he definitely was educated with the private school his whole life he's just know? smarter than than not smart i i mean yeah he's smarter than ramones he's probably more worldly yeah definitely more diversity definition. he had definitely more diversity yeah. like i mean it's like, not making them a better band they're not making no. anything just different i right. just think that their their lyrics are again more complex it's it's more uh what's going on it's more political let's you know absolutely sure. Sure. it's a political band you know but um man we really need to fucking clash around today man what's going on but um dude what else can I say? Let's move to the next yeah. song. All right. The right profile? Yeah. Her place in the sun. Maybe a misfit. Here to turn. And everybody says he alright. And everybody says what's he like. And everybody says it's funny. That Montgomery clip, honey. New York, New York, 42nd Street. Sounds nothing like any song that we've played between yeah. both albums so far. Do you know how they came up with the song? The name, like the idea do, of the I song. Don't. Okay, so Guy Stevens is the producer of this album, and he was an open alcoholic and and had a lot of yeah, drugs. Sometimes they couldn't even find him. to yeah. do the production. So during the production of the album, he would like throw fucking chairs at these guys at the Clash recordings. Again, this more rock and roll. Oh, this feel. is the, this is the song where he. I was reading about this. No, no, that's not this. Song. Okay. But, but he, you know, he would be just, animated. Yeah, all the recordings would be like to get dance, them pumped like, up, right? Yeah. Dancing, kind of knocking shit over yeah, in, the, yeah. in the studio. So he wrote a book about Montgomery Cliff. So he gave it to Joe, and he's like, "Well, you know, I think this you should read this and write a song about this." So Montgomery Cliff was coming back from a party one night from uh, Elizabeth Taylor's house and crashed into a tree. Some people say he was committing suicide. Somebody, mm. you know, and um, Guy Stevens had a lot of those thoughts in his mind too because he was a functioning right alcoholic whatever you know 
and he he just thought it would make a great song. And this is a great song. It's like the sound is completely different from, well, not completely different from the from the rest of the album, but it, the backstory of the whole thing is uh, great. Like they say, like oh, driving to a tree. And Montgomery Cliff died tied ten years, and it happened in like nineteen fifty six. So he died in nineteen sixty six. Hmm. And they said it was like the longest suicide ever because it eventually fucking <laughs> yeah. killed them, you know. But even like the tone of that song is just kind of how it, it, I don't know, like it, it, it meanders and it's like mm. the temp, it's like up and down and the music behind it is just very different. Yeah. There's a lot of horns. There's a lot, like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of horns on this album, you know, like, like that ska feel, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, let's keep on moving. All right. Lost in the Supermarket. Great song. It's a, it is a great song. Yeah. Wow, I mean, that song's so awesome. It's like Joe fighting commercialism. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, I'm stuck in a supermarket, man. I'm stuck at fucking Target, you know? <laughs> you know, I'm stuck with the, the same old Kool-Aid shit. Yeah. And know? it's another song that, musically, it's so different than what we just... The, yeah. the last couple yeah. songs, it's all different. Like, we were... We're listening to this. Was just saying that you know, we played the first five seconds of like four Ramon songs, and it was all the same. Sure. These are all completely different. Yeah, and the story behind the song: um, Joe Strummer wrote that song while he was living with his girlfriend at the time, and his mother in this flat, and um, is an overcrowded uh, apartment building. And the only piece that he can get is going to the supermarket by himself. And it kind of reminded him of Mick Jones telling him when he was growing up. He grew up in the basement. With his mother and his grandmother, and we hear like banging on this on a ceiling, you know, walking on the Doing ceiling, all their daily and all life that, shit. Huh. and um, just having no space and just kind of yeah. needing it, you know. And where are you going to go? I can only go to this public place, the supermarket, and just kind of just be alone. Hmm. You know? But like what I was going back to of being like struggling to be this punk rock band, but slowly getting more popular and slowly becoming more accessible and slowly becoming more popular. That you could find the records in the fucking supermarket, mm. you know. Um, they that's what I think punk was becoming at that point it was just a fate. It was becoming a fad of of coolness, but it was like something that came and went. And Joe Strummer's just like, I'm getting caught up in this this you know catalog of shit. The punk rock music kind of it eats itself to a point. Like you get popular, and then the, yeah, the you're not crowd, cool no right? You're, you're yeah, the poser, turn and the they audience turn turns you. on you. Yeah, yeah. But cool. it happened to Jody Mitchell too. She was playing a gig, and they were yelling at her because she sold out. You know, yeah, same thing happened, happened to, to that's all, every, that's, all that's, of them. That, everybody. That happened to Dylan. Yeah, yeah that's Dylan. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. You get a new idea. You know, shit. Dylan put electric guitar on. People lost their minds. Like, people went bad shit. Right. Imagine. All we right. should do a show about Dylan sometime. Yeah, I know you hate, you don't like him, Bruce. But, yeah, you know. that's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. down to talking about anybody. Yeah, everybody's going to stone. Let's, let's play Clamp Down next. Yeah, that's terrible. That was like my Western. I say, I say. I know you just came back from the <laughs> south, sir. <laughs> right. But, yeah. All right, Clamp Down.
Man, it's one of my favorite songs on his album. Song, I do too. I mean, I was reading about something earlier, and it was saying it re- refers to perceived failures of capitalist society. Yeah, it's against I mean, the status quo and all that. Yeah, yeah, man, I really dig the line he says. Blue and brown refers to the color of uniforms that are mostly worn by workers. You know, like he's, would you say something that Springsteen covering this song. Yes, yeah, man. We we're, were playing this, so I saw Springsteen in Hershey because there's a line in a song like "Working Hard in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania," mm-hmm. and, and Hershey, Pennsylvania, is very close to Harrisburg. And he he came out and he just opened with this. He just walked out on the stage and just boom. And uh, you know, kind of like he's playing a fucking Clash song. And it was just like you know, he didn't introduce it. Just came out and just pow. And it was like, it was man, that's a, and it's a. It's not the most popular Clash song. No, and I think you gotta, that, gotta like, be, you gotta be yeah. into the Clash to yeah. know it. And I was like, I was going batshit. Yeah. I'm jumping up and down. I was with the warden. Yeah. And he's <laughs> he like, what's going on? Right, what's this right, song? I never right. heard this song. I think it's a popular it. song, though. I think it's like, you know, like a lot of songs off this album. Like, I think they're kind con- maybe it's just me. I think it's all common knowledge. No. Like, I, just, I thought I'm, you gotta be like a second tier. Like, I mean, you gotta you be a dork like us. Yeah, you know, like Train in Vain and Rock the Casbah. I think it's kind of like a second tier. Yeah, I guess. So maybe it's just, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe some more listeners. I would just, I would just expect everybody to know that song. Right, right. You know? Why wouldn't you? Right. What's the words to this? It says the men in the factory are old and cunning. You don't owe nothing, so boy, you better get running. It's the best years of your life, and they won't st- steal. You grow up and calm down, and you're working for the clap town. That's a very Springsteen-y kind sure. of lyric. Lyric, you know, working stiff kind of song too. It also has a really like a punk vibe. The song has a punk class. sound to it. I mean, yeah. I think punk rock is working class sure. people. You know what I mean? But it has like, I mean, the horns aren't here. All that like, <laughs> all that ska stuff. Like, it's not here. Yeah. It's it's a very like punk rock kind of sound. Really cool. But uh, like you're saying, like the 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 working people, the punk thing. I think people like. Like when they're when you're a kid, man, you 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 don't want to fucking work. You don't want to do something. Do that. But when you get older, you know this. You identify more like you know you're working a nine to five, man. Especially when you're starting, you get paid shit. Yeah, you know, and you're like, what what am I doing this for? And like this this like little money, and that's where the uh, the like what Ryan said, like you know, it's the working class people sound. Yeah, man. You know, let's keep on moving, boys. Right. Guns of Brixton. Yeah, let's do it. Now that's Paul Simmons yeah, singing. Yeah, yeah, it's not bass Joe player. Mm-hmm. It's the first song that he wrote for the Clash, and he was like really not feeling it. But Joe kept on telling him, "Like, no, you're doing a great job." And it's it just you know it, it deals with his um, individual paranoia outlook on life. You know, I was reading that this was um, the second song to Jimmy Jazz. Like, is it? Yeah, like um, Jimmy Jazz is like walking around being the rude boy that he is, mm-hmm. you know, and he comes to this point, you know, 
Um, yeah, Brixton, like you said, he's being paranoid. He's yeah. drunk. He's yeah. wandering but, around Brixton. Yeah, well, Paul S- Simon and he's like, I think this this might be a little biography like song for him. You know what I mean? Like he's writing about what he's feeling. There was yeah. a lot of like race riots in Brixton. Yeah. It was like a rough. It was a rough area. And I heard I think he wrote the song and he didn't want to sing it. And Strummer was like, "Dude, you wrote, you wrote it, it, man. You you. This is a really he, good song. You he kept sing them it. going. It. Yeah, yeah. Kept pushing and I think them it was like important it. because again, this album is changing again. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like again, like me and Bruce were talking about earlier uh, when we were walking down here that you know the Ramones they all have like their own like they all have their own place where the Clash. They're kind of like spreading out the town a little bit more. Like they're capable more of just playing bass. Even though in the beginning, none of these like Joe knew what he was doing. He's most like um, like uh, co- accomplished musician in the whole band. But these guys all found their place. Yeah, I don't know. They're all good musicians in their own way. They I became mean, they, they became their own. They became good musicians. You know, again, this is their third album they're doing. You know, wrong on Boyo. Do it. Oh, I love that song. It's um a cover. It's a cover by a band called The Rulers, including Stagger Lee. He says Stagger Lee yeah. in there. Well, hang on. Let's check that out. Cool. I like the original, the, the cover a little better. Well, the, how it they sounds can, like a ragtime New Orleans. Kind yeah, of thing. the the new the Clash version sounds like something I could see, like a bunch of drunk people just kind of yeah. like in the in yeah. the Oscars one night, like all their arms around each other, swaying back and forth, probably annoying the shit out of you. <laughs> but that was in the jukebox of where they originally practiced all the time, and Paul Simon really loved that song, and they would like work hmm. on it over the years and years and years, even before. They would even have a record contract, or not years before they had a co- record contract, but before the first album was written. And Paul Simon just loved that song, and then they just developed the song as time went on, and then they decide just put it on London Calling. It's a great song, you know. Yeah, I'm looking like when did this song come out? It came out in 19 that that the original came out in 67. It sounds like it could have been like 1937. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just hmm. okay. Look at that. I learned something. Yeah, let's uh, keep on moving. All right, guys. man. Death or glory.
I've read that this song takes inspiration by a song called "As Time Goes By," and it was featured in Casablanca. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, it, Joe Strummer really loved the song of from the Casablanca scene. You know, uh, and had inspiration to write his own song. I think that song just sounds like it stands so, up. It does, it's, it's not so dated melodic. at all. That yeah. bass, so melodic. That bass in the beginning, is it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, but that's again, that's me going back. I'm like, this is like a standard, not a standard song, but this is something common knowledge, and I, I think everybody knows this song. Yeah. When I like this, like this is it's one of my like it's one of my favorite songs. Do on the you album. guys know who covered this song? I do not. No. Come on, Social D, baby. Did they? Really? Yep. Look that up. I'm looking it up right now. It was on the Lords of Dogtown soundtrack. Oh, there you go, Lords of Dogtown. Let's hear it. Uh, we're not going to hear it because it's blocked by Spotify. Oh. Hang on, I'll find it. It's on YouTube. Strikes a bargain with the world And ends up making payments On a sofa or a girl With love and hate tattooed across The knuckles of his hands The hands of Sam's kids around Because they understand how I really like that. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, like, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm so in love with the original, even though I love Social Distortion. I'm going to give it another listen, but I'm not totally sold on it. I never heard that. I, I love it. I, You know what, dude? I've seen that movie a million years ago, and I, I don't remember I don't it being remember, in there. No, I don't, I don't remember, remember much from that movie. To be honest. I love that movie. It's blocked on the on Spotify, like the soundtrack. Like the whole <clears throat> the whole album is here, but the that song yeah. is is grayed out. It probably doesn't have the rights to it. Yeah. Some shit. Yeah. Spotify like, does that a lot. To pirate it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Not going to block us, Spotify. No, damn it. Right. Let's keep on moving. Although Spotify does own the hosting platform that we use. I mean, we, we love Spotify. <laughs> we keep us, do they? Oh, yeah. we love you, Spotify. <laughs> All right. Coca-Cola is the next song on the album. Let's listen Great to that. Song. Elevator going up. In the gleaming corridor of the 51st floor. The money can be made if you really want some more. Executive decision. A clinical precision. Jumping from the windows filled with indecision I get good advice from the advertising world Treat me nice, party girl Go catch live, where there isn't any So freeze, man, freeze It's the pause that refreshes in the corridors of power When tough may need a top The bass is great in it, man yeah. But that, you know, that song's definitely like the jab at the... At- America and it's like they talk about the Coca-Cola sign and like New York City and this is the jab of just the yeah. advertising like sewage pit which America yep is was and all and always will be. It reminds me of the story of you know of uh always making the list of top like that. Rolling Stone calls Joe Strummer up and he goes, "Hey, you got the most influential album in the 80s. What do you think?" He goes, "The album was made in 1979." Click. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Let's keep on moving, guys. All right, man. Just, uh, what's the next song on here? The Card Cheat.
that's a different song for this album. That's like like yeah, you know. Um, I don't know if they said that it was like kind of like there's some like kind of French horns in the middle of that song or something like that. It's like very Beatlesque, you know. But you hear the beginning of that song, and I'm like, dude, I can hear this is like a Springsteen song. You, you know? know, we're playing all these songs a double album. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Um, this album's a double album. When they put this album out, they didn't sell it as a double album. They only priced it as a regular album. That's great. You know that that was great. I read that er- earlier this week, and I thought that was such hmm. a great thing to do. Damn the man. Yeah. But yeah, it's a simple song. You know, it's about cards. Like a guy, car- like a card player, gets caught che- cheating at a game, gets killed. You know, yeah. he's a lonely guy. You know. Very simple song, but very beautiful song. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but it does. It tells yeah. a story, and there is a lot of different. It does have a unique yeah. sound to it compared to. But I like the story. The story's really good. If you go back and like read all the lyrics, the story's fantastic. And he did a great job. Yeah. And I think he he kind of like was influenced by like some poet that wrote a short story about like this fictional card player, hmm. and um, it's a great song. Like it's a great simple song. Yeah, it's the only writing credit that Topper Jones get on. Topper's yeah. the uh, drummer. He's the only yeah. Song he's the only guy. Yes, he's the yeah, only song he get credit. Yeah, on. it's like yeah. such a chill song. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Hmm. Right, we got a couple songs left on the album, man. We got uh, "Lovers Rock" is next on here. Side four. Another completely different sounding song yeah. than everything else we've listened to. You can hear like the, the love song that he's trying to make in it. You know, it's very delicate. Yeah, it has like a classic rock kind of vibe to it. The beginning of it, yeah, it has it's like, like a Motown a, sound, like to a it, different doesn't sound it? than anything else that they're doing on here. Like with the harmonies, yeah, totally like a Motown R and B stacks kind of sound. It's definitely a softer. Definitely yeah, a softer def- definitely. Uh, there's so many songs on here that. You hear it and you're like, "Oh man, that's so different than anything else we've heard so far." And then they, they, just, they do it again. They, they do it keep, again. And they just keep going left. There's no like consistent theme to this whole album, which is probably one of the reasons it makes it so great. Mm-hmm. But the the theme of this song, like it brought it brought up a like kind of controversy within the band about sexism in the band because it was basically the song is about you know sex for recreation or sex to procreate, hmm. and that's the debate of like this song is about like it's like you know i'm having sex to enjoy myself but then also now we're having sex to make a kid so this is enjoyable hmm. you know from hmm, what okay. i from what i, I yeah i okay. researched yeah well four horsemen all right got four songs left well they were killing the great Joe's definitely telling a story. Well, you know, the story is about like they 
they didn't want to take themselves so seriously. So they wrote this song with Mighty Python in their heads. Like they're going to like, yeah, no, yeah, the, like they're all like the four horsemen. At Run the away. End, at the end Run of, away. At the end of the, like the world, the apocalypse is the four of them. And they all have like, you know, these horrible deaths and like, you know, I'm not a big Mighty Python guy, but this is them making fun of themselves. So they won't take themselves so seriously. You know, yeah. it's not my favorite song on the album, but yeah. Let's keep on moving, guys. All right. I'm not down. Here you go. I like that song a lot. Yeah. That's like Mick Jones dealing with his depression. Hmm. He wrote that song and um, he sings it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like up to his recording, like he broke up his girlfriend and then like somebody broke in his apartment, stole all his shit, you know, and he's just like, it's like right around Christmas time and he's just like, well, it's not going to, I'm not going to le- allow myself to get down. Like, you know, hmm. Hmm. I never heard. That's great. I'm not yeah. down. It's great. All right. Revolution rock. Yeah. It is a brand new rock A bad, bad rock This here revolution rock Be careful how you move back You dig me in the back And I'm so pilled up that I rap out I have got the sharpest knife So I got the biggest slice I got no time to do battle Hey, everybody smash up your seats And rock to this brand new this is a cover. Sure. Danny Ray and the Revolutionaries. Yeah. Danny Ray was a, a like a Jamaican Rastafarian guy go rock and roll. Hmm. But he uh, Joe changed some of the uh, lyrics in this in this song. You know, to fit his own to fit his own style, I guess. He he references like a Bobby Darren song yeah. called Mac the Knife in it. And uh you know. Can you find the original version? Yeah, who's what's it? Revolution? Danny Ray and the Revolutionaries. Danny Ray, Revolution Rock. You want scan? No I. You want reggae? No I. You want roots rock? No I. Do what you want then. Revolution Rock. This is a brand new rock. A heavy, heavy rock. This is a revolution rock. Pretty close. I was digging yeah. that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the first pretty, time I ever heard that. That's yeah, great. yeah, it's pretty cool. I never knew that was a cover. Until I didn't either. Yeah, I was digging it. Yeah, it's great. Cool, great. Let's go to the last song that was a bonus track. Yeah, man. So this wasn't originally on the album. Um, it was written later in the sessions, and the album covers were already being printed up. Right. So it's not on the it's not on the liner notes on the original the track on the original the, the first print. pressing. Yeah, man. How I've seen a few for sale, and they go for. Pretty Do they? Funny. They're a collector's item. I think this is my favorite, just favorite fucking song all around. Didn't they put ever. like a sticker on the album? Like when they printed out, they just that's threw a sticker. probably yeah. Just yeah. So just it train on. Stain is on yeah. there, and that's a huge hit. Train oh, in vain, man. Let's let's do it. Let's go. Follow me. 
God, it's my fucking theme song. Yeah, I love it. You didn't stand by me. It's yeah. a great song. You know, it was first he was going to call it Stand By Me, but they didn't want to get it mixed up with that. With the, the Benny King song. Yeah. Um, he wrote this song. Um, this is a Mick Jones song, and Mick Jones wrote it for his girlfriend at the time that was the singer for the Slits. Her name was Viv Albertine. And um, they had a song called – I can't find it. <laughs> anyway, okay. um, they had a song that was like, you know, back up your man, always stand by your man kind of thing, that song like that. Yeah. And then he broke up with her and then wrote this fucking song, like, you didn't stand by me. Huh. You know? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty cool. I read the same thing. That's a great little story. Really cool. It's a great song with a great story. I just think that's one of the greatest songs ever. One time I went and saw the guys from The Grateful Dead, and they were playing Radio City Music Hall. And out of nowhere, you just hear the first fucking first first. I jump up. Everybody's tripping balls. And I (laughs) jump up and I'm like, holy shit, they're playing Train in Vain. They're playing. And the and Bob Weir goes right into it. I couldn't believe it. Really cool. I lost my mind. Yeah, I did. I I was like, look, everybody, they're playing Train in Vain. (laughs) What, man? What, what, man? (laughs) Jerry, what? That's funny. Yeah, that's it, man. That is there. That's a run through track by track of how two of the greatest albums. So I, we got to talk about now which one is more uh, influential. You Here go we go, first. boys. You can go first, sir. I'm not saying that one album is better than the other album. I'm saying influential. The first Ramones album. Anybody could go to. Sam Ash, from a 12-year-old kid to a guy in his midlife crisis, goes there, buys a guitar, comes home, plugs it in, plays that first Ramones album, looks up on computer, and can play it right then. Sure. How long am I a musician now for fucking 30 years of my life? Sure. This London Calling is still hard to play. Like, well, I, I can't figure this song. It's too hard. Well, that being said, you are absolutely 100% right. Any, anybody can walk into a guitar center or whatever, pick up a guitar, and learn these songs first thing. But later down the line, I'm this, not, is, this is... I'm not... I'm not yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. Wait, but, this but, is like fucking... This is like... The Ramones is basic math. Exactly. And, and London's is Calling calculus. is like algebra. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great way to you, pray for You evolve it. into... The Clash. So it will still be influential over you. But as somebody who's just coming into rock and roll, you're discovering something, you know. Yeah. And I can't compare either one of them. But, you know, it, it was a little hard for me to – it's still hard for me to make the decision because you're going up against a first album against a third album. Like The Clash's first album had a lot of great songs on it. You know, like Jenny Jones, Remote Control, I'm So Bored with the USA, White Riot, Hate and War – What's my name? London, London burning. You know, these are all fantastic songs, but they were still superior to the Ramones first album, in my opinion, musically wise. But, you know, the Ramones are so easily just turn off your brain and kind of listen to it and go, hey, ho, let's go. Or like, I don't want to go down in the basement or I want to sniff some glue. See, I think a totally different way. Okay. I think bands like Metallica, bands like Megadeth. Bands like Green Day, bands Pearl like Pearl Jam, bands like Rancid, all these bands, you know, totally got the beginning of the Ramones. The Ramones reach out to more styles of music. 
than yeah. just punk rock. Yeah. London Calling. I don't think Metal can get into fucking London Calling. They actually they ever they they covered something off of London Calling. I can't remember what they did, but they they definitely covered. Uh, I've if you could find like, it, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, I'm gonna. Look I, I want to look that up too. Clamp down. You want to hear it? No. It's probably not good. Okay, now's the time we get all pumped up and hepped up and help sing along. What right, album's right, this right, on? Right, this right, is right, from right. that. This is on YouTube. It's this from that acoustic tribute they did to raise money for that school. Oh. Yeah. oh, so they did it for that? They did it recently, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, God. Or James did. don't think Metallica should be playing anything that the Clash especially acoustically he must have just got sober this is definitely got sober that was no bueno no way, no. no. Yeah. no good. But anyway, we but they were influenced. Like you know, they're covering. I just that. think, like, yeah. I just yeah. think maybe the Ramones can, uh, probably relate to Guns N' Roses more mm. than I don't. I don't know. Then I, I I don't know. Maybe but Guns N' Roses is a very complex band, and so that would make me think that they would definitely be more influenced by. But, but who knows, man? Who but knows? Like, but look what like Nevermind did. Sure. I feel like I feel like the first Ramones album is Nevermind. You're correct. I agree. You're correct. You know. Yeah, you're absolutely London correct. London Calling is like thriller. I don't know about you all know, that. London uh, Calling. How many albums does it sell? Well, dude, even though London like Calling has a lot going on, it's not overproduced. Not even a little bit. I in see. my opinion. No, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's like I think compare dude, it's a double fucking album. You know, it's way more it's produced. A it's a it's way long. more produced. Than that Ramones album, and it's like, but that's but that's going back to what sound you're trying to, to accomplish. Yeah, you even said that yourself. This is the sound that they wanted to go for. This is the sound that the Clash always had, even since their first album. And you like, I'm not saying, I'm, no, no, I'm not saying one band is better. No, than neither the other. am I. Neither am I. One band. If we're gonna say a better album, there is a better album, and it's London Calling. Yeah, it's a better album. It, it sounds better. The songs are better. Um, it's it's more diverse. You know, like I go back to the Ramones album. It's a it's a great introduction to rock and roll. Sure. No matter what kind of rock and roll it is, and it's four guys making a sound that, and it's not overthought. Yeah. It's just four chords and the truth. But both these bands are both like influenced by other sound that that already existed. Yeah, you know what I mean? sure. So you're talking about the Ramones from the fifties, and you're talking about the Clash from like you know reggae to to uh, ska to whatever you know to punk or whatever. But um, that I just I just give the Clash a little bit more credit because they always evolved. And but that's going off the subject for between the two albums. So yeah. most influential to start up a band, what album would it be? If now, you were going to start a band tomorrow, and you had to learn three songs, you had to learn three fucking songs. Is going to be one of the songs going to be something off of London Calling, or is it going to be something off the first Ramones album? Depends who I'm playing with. It's going to be the yeah. first Ramones album because Depends you need three songs by tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be the Ramones because you got to pull it off. Yeah, I'm just saying, you, but uh, just, not yeah. every band can sit here and play fucking London Calling. No, but uh, you know, with that being said, like you know, not like, every band can sit yeah. there and imitate you know, f- yeah. like London Calling, brand new Cadillac, Jimmy Jazz. They're very 
Joe Strummer like by himself. Like it's very hard to cover. There, like, and every analogy that's coming into my head, like, I'm like, oh well, the Ramones are checkers and the Clash are chess, or you said the math and algebra, but none of that is meant to discredit no what the Ramones have done. These you guys know, think like, differently. They both differently. Um, I think they were. I think the Clash were more educated. Sh- sure. Yeah. You yeah. Know, they had more opportunity to yeah to to, to be educated. The Ramones yeah. they were sniffing glue and. <laughs> Shit, they're probably just trying not to get killed in New York in 1976. Right. Yes. But it's like, as much as I, you could like going to a fine restaurant and paying a lot of money, I also like going into a dive bar. Sure. And, yeah. You know, sure. Like, it's, yeah. They're just totally different vibes. It's almost like we we're talking about the Beatles and the Stones. Yeah. Like the vibes that come out of them are just two completely different yeah. things. I'm just like, what do you, what do you want to get out of music? What is, I sit down, I put the headphones on, I want to fire up something. It was like, well, what am I, what do I want to experience today? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think the Ramones to me is, I think they changed everything. I think so that I, album just changed. Yeah, no doubt. Everything about rock and roll, and I you don't have the. I don't think you have London Calling without the Ramones. No, you don't have the Clash without the Ramones. Yeah. It's right. like well, that it's like first that, concert. Yeah, the Ramones go to England, and that's when all the those, first all those first ba- all those bands came together. The, the Sex Pistols, the Gen- Clash, Generation you know, X, the, Generation X, all the these band, bands, all yeah. those bands that we talked you know, about, and it's yeah. all because of the Ramones. Because yeah. the Ramones were easy to listen to and easy to understand and easy to copy, you know, and to make your own songs. It's like they were okay. Maybe other bands were taking their chord their their chord progressions and everything like that and making their own songs about. It. How many times I heard a. Uh, a song's like, wow, that really sounds like a Ramon song. Or I, I hear a song that really sounds like, I think Rancid sounds like fucking The Clash. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. Are they an American band? Rancid? Yeah. Are they an American yeah. band? Sure. Yeah. That's wild. But, but, um, but that's just the influence on, like you said, but, but you're talking about like, Ramones punk wise, but then you're talking about the clash who have like all these different influences. Yeah, definitely. You know I mean, but then again, going back to when they made London Calling, punk was done, dude. It was done. You know, yeah, it was made in 79. Yeah, you're getting you into the I mean? post punk stuff. It's over. The new like, it's a poser to be a punk. You know what I mean? But it's, it's it, dude, like, you know, it was more comfortable talking about the Beatles and the Stones. You know what I mean? Well, like, like I it, it was, easier, was easier to think. It was easier to think, but this is, this is, Absolutely complicated. More influential. For the majority of people I talk to, they they mostly agree that the Ramones are more influential yes. because of what you just said. Because you can you go can, and anybody and buy, from yeah from a guy in his midlife crisis can yeah. go home and learn play these sp- yeah you know shit. I, be- I just can't, I just have a hard time taking myself out of the equation. You know you can't like, think I, that way. Yeah, I know. You have to think of everybody. I know. And the be- I mean the beginning of punk rock comes out of garage rock, which sure. is like. Yeah. You know, oh, cool. Rock and rolls is saying everybody could go do it, and now you're seeing these four dudes that are becoming a success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. They're they're taking it to the next level, and they're like just garage rock. They became really popular, yeah. and like you know, what the Ramones did, the Clash just took a, a lot further. At, you you just they just yeah. took it an, another step further. Yeah. I just think maybe they were they were more educated about their instruments. They're more poppy, man. They're more radio friendly. Sure, you know, yeah. Like you said, they came to New York City and they sold out. Like how many? They had ad shows, and yeah. then the kids are like sampling their music and they're break dancing and they're doing graffiti and the, and you know the, the Clash adapt all this or adopt all this and then they make a part of their show, you know. But the one thing the Clash didn't do is stick together. 
the Ramones stuck together until what, 1997? Yeah. yeah. And Joey Ramone died by 2000. Yeah, but they yeah. fucking something. hate each other, man. But these guys yeah. hate each other too, you know, but. No, they have to look, the Clash were getting back together. Yeah. Uh, can you? Yeah, uh, when he died. Dude, yeah. when Joe Strummer died, man. How I, the fuck, fuck does, does Joe Strummer, Strummer die? Neil Puller. Yep. How the fuck does Joe Strummer die? And, dude, we live in a world now where all the Ramones are dead. Yep. Never got to see them. Yep. And we're never going to see the Clash again. Yep. Well, that's life. Maybe we'll see him in rock and roll heaven. We got the we got the we got the albums. We got the albums. We got the videos. And our wonderful show. Yes. The, the, the and rock and roll high school. Don't forget about rock, rock and roll, roll high, high school. I watched parts of that. That's like a YouTube soft porn. Yeah. <laughs> Is a friend of mine's going to give me a copy of? It. I'm like, no, I'm good. He's like, no, no, no. You need to see. I this. just watched some parts. Some of the Ramones clips in it. Yeah. Ron Howard's brothers in that yeah. shit, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I see the lead lady, and that's it. Whatever yeah. her name was. Yeah. I don't know, but it's a. I just feel like this. You can't make a decision. I, yeah. I definitely can't. So, well, you people at home, let, you us, let know. us know. Yeah, man, right in. Let right us know. In, what let you us think. know who's better. Know we got it right or we got it wrong. I wonder if Omar's been listening. Yeah, we haven't heard from Omar a little Omar, bit. Omar, how are you, buddy? Yeah, man, you got to write in if you're out there, dude. Dude, listen we to some Clash, and you know, let us know what you think, brother. Yeah, the last time we heard from him, he gave us a song for the electric chair, which is absolutely terrible. So, <laughs> there's got you got to be listening to better music out there, Omar. It's <laughs> a time for the electric chair. Uh, it will be. I think we've got some listener feedback and some second thoughts first. So oh, I just can't wait for the, for the electric chair. chair. So I, I got do. We've got a handful of uh, miscellaneous things to walk through here. So, so Shook Sadana left us a comment on Facebook. He started following the page after the Blues episode, and I'm, I hope I said your name right. He said I enjoyed your episode. By the way, Apple Music does have a three part compilation on Sonny Boy Williamson 1. So I'll have to listen to, check that out. I don't Definitely. know much about Sonny Boy Williams 1. Hopefully Sonny yeah. Boy Williams 2 doesn't come looking for Do us. you gotta go number 1 <laughs> or do you gotta go number 2? Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks man. Uh, Jackie from Seattle. We read a couple of her Jackie. stuff. She wrote us an email after the electric chair episode and she said Judas H. Priest guys, fantastic episode. I was old school R-O-F-L coptering my ass off. So good. Nice. We do it for the fans. Yes. Liked it. I did write her back and asked her if uh, what song would she send to the electric chair. We haven't heard back. So, Jackie, if you heard us, Let respond, us respond to my email. We, lastly, we also got some feedback on Billy Ellish. Billy Ellish will uh, just not go away, man. God, she just yeah. she'll <laughs> help herself. No, Why? Uh, Why is she still around? So we got an email from Bill from, I think he said he was from Toronto. He said, you guys hated on Billie Eilish, but do you know she got her start by uploading a song on SoundCloud? She put a song in there to send it to her dance teacher, and it went viral. Now, she's the youngest person to ever win the Grammy for Album of the Year. She has seven Grammys, and she earned $53 million last year. What have you guys done? Oh, well, shit. Oh, really? Well, you want to come fucking fight me? Right. Well, we've we've done this show, and we don't have green hair. Where's your yeah. show, dude? Right. You Kate Bush listening prick. And then also said, if you have to go to one concert, Billy Eilish, R.E.M., or Kate Bush, which one are you going to? None. I'm, I'm going to annihilate the stadium. Oh, Lord. That's a tough question. Probably... I'd probably go to REM. I don't. I don't REM. Know. I don't, out of the three of those, oh, you ever watch Deer Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that sounds like. Sounds like Russian roulette. Russian roulette. With one of those concerts, you got Kate uh, Bush and and Billy Eilish. Uh, uh, I gotta work. Roulette. I gotta work that night. I can't speaking go to any shows. speaking of Billy Billy Eilish, man, we had one thing. So we're trading notes uh, every, during the week yeah. about the show. And Ryan found a uh, a quote that was attributed to Billy Eilish, and it wound up being fake. But we all thought it might have been real because fuck her. Uh. Here's the quote. 
when I get rich, when I got rich, I started bawling my eyes out. I wanted to be poor so I can relate to most of my fans. I still want to be broken poor. It looks really fun and cute. And we had to look it up because we all thought that sounds like something she wouldn't mm. say. Ugh, I hate her. But it yeah. came out, it was like some blog written yeah, by some, some fan blog. Some yeah, like her brother it. was mouthing off about it. And the, the, really? The Twitter account that posted it got shut down. No. But, no. you know, she's just white privilege bitch. Yeah. And that's the way she acts. She's definitely privileged. She somebody definitely... did. Somebody else suggested we do an episode on one of her albums. And Why? We go, we go track by track. Why? Like no. With the Joshua Tree. What? What? <laughs> like that's I, that's I absurd. I, I couldn't stand. If that it. was the this... last show ever, I would not do that. <laughs> this show's about rock and roll and R and B, and but she is rock and roll. No, she's she's, she's the new punk rock, I dude. Well, I'll give her one thing. She doesn't use auto tune, so I'll give her that. No, so. but, but she sings like this. Yeah. And she she sounds like she's crying. and she mumbles. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. I don't. Her get music it, man. sucks, dude. Yeah. I'm not I don't saying get it. that. I'm I think you gotta. That. I think you gotta be some miserable girl to like her music. Yeah. Hey, that's there's a world full of them out there. We love getting your emails, everybody, but uh, I don't think we, we're not going to talk about Billy Eilish again next episode. No, so. I think we're done. Um, I got a couple. I got three other miscellaneous things to bring up here. So, uh, Charlie Watts. Yeah, yeah. Stone Bummer, store man. man. Hope he gets well soon. Yeah. I'm, sure, me I'm Doug, sure he's at home listening to us. Yeah, me and Doug are going to Pittsburgh. To are see you really the to go yeah. see the Stones? Yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. He's my favorite drummer. Yeah. But that's why you keep on going to see the Stones, man. Like you gotta go see him. You don't know who's You're not right. going to be there know. next time. Right. Like I'm sure Charlie's going to make a comeback. He is eighty something yeah, years he's old. Eighty, yeah. They already have the guy. They're like, oh, yeah. we got the backup right yeah. away. The guy played drums for Saturday Night Live in the seventies or something like that. And just you fill know? him in, just plug him in. And then you know, speaking of missing a guy, you know, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top died too. Man, that's a big what a drag. Yeah, dude. And they they didn't miss a beat, man. They, there was pictures <laughs> of them. They're they they're still doing dates. They, the show must go on. They put Bruce. his hat like on his mic stand, and they yeah. just kept on rolling. Well, you know, du- like Dusty, he he knew he wasn't going to make this tour because of hip surgeries and everything like that. So, like, they had a plan that he was going to make this. So they got their uh, guitar tech to fill in for him with his blessing. So this was already kind of planned. So yeah. if you saw this and you thought it was kind of tasteless for ZZ Top to get back so, on stage two days later, it was already planned. Out. So they're gonna have a guy with a fake beard on, and the guy had a fake beard on. That was kind of weird. Uh, did they really? Oh. Yeah, I hope that's not true. I'm, I saw it. Oh, I saw that's, it. That's uh, but like, hey man, he's on stage with those guys. So yeah. like, I'm sure there was just that one show. So hopefully he's not up there. Yeah. Like, the guy in Limp Bizkit would shit on his face oh every God. Did show. you see Fred Dirt? He looks yeah. like he looks, oh my God. He looks like a dad. He's like a grand, he, bad, oh, a bad gra- grandpa from like Jack. Exactly. He looks like yeah. Yeah, he does. Giant like Knoxville. Grand- yeah. They're playing um the Stone Pony this weekend down the shore. <laughs> Are you going? I'm not going. But those, dude, those, that's like the only show in like this part of the country they're doing and the tickets are on like StubHub for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. For Limp Biscuit? Yeah. Wow. Did yeah. you check out that Woodstock 99 documentary I haven't yet? watched it yet. Yeah, I me, haven't. Yeah. You know. Me and Ryan went to that shit and uh, it was pretty accurate how horrible it was. I want to do a show about Woodstock 99. Right. Because yeah. me and Doug were there. We could tell you firsthand how fucking shitty it was. And if anybody told you they had a good time, <laughs> they're yeah, fucking they're lying. lying. Yeah. I th- that's on my list of things to check out. You um, should. I it's amazing. Wanna, it's amazing. Feel, yeah. It's amazing we didn't catch salmonella or some shit. Yeah. I just went on StubHub and the Limp Biscuit Asbury Park tickets. Uh you can't get the cheapest you can get in the door is 105 bucks a ticket to see Limp Biscuit. <laughs> they do Oof. it all for the nookie. Oof. Oof. So. All right, man. Let's uh 
Oh, I, I have one more thing. I keep saying I got one more thing. Um, our pals over at Pantheon Podcast Network, their flagship show, other than us, of course, is uh, a podcast called Rock and Roll Archaeology. Our favorite show. And they have another episode out. Do you guys listen to that yet? The new one? I haven't listened to it yet. It's though. about the uh, beginning of heavy metal. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it's called like Guitar Ageddon. Oh, um, rad. So it's about like uh, Zeppelin and all those bands, Jeff Beck. And I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but it's a, it's a, dude, if you are a music nerd, man, it is, it is a fantastic huh. podcast. I'm going to listen to that. Tonight. It's like 20 hours long yeah. and they're up to a, whenever Zeppelin comes out. So. It's, it's like our, like, when we, before we start the show, that was a show that Bruce sent us. They're like, listen, this is a great show. Yeah. We it should kind of, do a podcast. It, it kind of inspired one of yeah. the things that kicked us in the butt to do to do our show. It's it's really, really cool. You know, of course, listen to us first. Don't go yeah. listen to them yeah. first. Yes. But um, all right, man. So that's it. Let's move on to the electric chair. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So that is where we kill a song for being terrible. The electric chair is sponsored by our really, really good friends over at Lunacy Brewing Company. They are at 1500 West Kings Highway in Haddon Heights, New Jersey. All right, so you can check them out on social media or at lunacybrewingcompany.com. Ryan, I believe this week it is your pick to send us, sentence a song to death. What do you got? I just hate this band. We can pick any song by them. This is the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, the song The Bad Touch? I hate everything about this song, everything about the band. All right, let me play. I'm just going to skip in the middle of it so we just, don't have to hear it. It's this, got a really yeah. long opening We're to it. Kill it anyway. Yeah. God, I remember this song. God. Yeah. They just I, monkeys in the video or something like that? I hate this whole sound. It really sucks they're local guys. They're like from like South Jersey. Yeah. yeah. They sound like something from South Jersey. Yeah. yeah I'm sure you guys saw a lot of this at Blockbuster Music. Yeah. yeah. Were, they, were they around when we were working? We were at Sam Goody. We were at Sam Goody yeah. when this came out. Yeah. I, don't, I, I mix up my Bloodhound my blood Gang. Yeah, I think this was late 90s this album came out. Um... All right, we don't need to hear anything else. Just right? kill this motherfucker. Yeah, just like Discovery Channel. I own that CD. You Do you suck. really? Yeah, I've seen them in concert. Did you play oh, that on? Your, did you play that on your road trip? I did not play that on my road trip. They're, did Rob um, want to hear it? <laughs> Rob, Rob, no. I don't think so. Um, or I, I owned that. I think I had a promo copy of it. Okay. I better. think I took the one from the store. I didn't you pay for it. You stole it. I also didn't pay to see them. I got free tickets to see uh, them. Okay. But they were, I saw them at the electric Yeah, because factory, nobody like fucking 90s. wanted to go and see them. So you went. <laughs> Pretty much. They yeah. had free tickets. Well, actually, I think a buddy of mine and I went. We walked up to the electric factory. We were going to get tickets at the door. And somebody just literally just handed them to us. So we walked God. in for free. They're you whole... got a miracle. Dude, you got a miracle. Yeah, you got a miracle of shit. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, I, it's just I know you don't like their, your comedy and your music. So. I, unless you're tenacious D, yeah, or you know you're really clever. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, they're not yeah. they're not very clever. I just yeah yeah. Um, I man, so that's it for episode twenty three. If you like what you hear, consider checking us out on social media. Hit the follow on your favorite podcast platform and uh, leave us a five star review. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Our website is prisonersofrockandroll.com. You can also certainly email us at prisonersofrockandroll at gmail.com. We only talked about two albums on this episode, but you know we normally put together a playlist to go with everything. Maybe we should throw one together, just kind of like all the covers that we put together. We we'll only see what, like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Sure. We only play like four or five of them, but maybe we can throw yeah. those Let together. Let me see what everybody. I can find on the yeah. playlist. And I'll yeah, that's true. A lot of them were on YouTube, so we'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, let's see what or we if, can come if, up with something fun. Yeah, and if not, we'll we'll share. Maybe we'll share some of those songs on. Uh, YouTube links on our social media or something. But uh, let us know what you guys think. What, what do you, what, 
influence you a little bit. More. Yeah, man, dude, we'd you love know, to hear what yeah, the fans us, think. Let, if we we got this right or we got this wrong. I know when we did the Beatles, Rolling Stones stuff, we got all kinds of feedback yeah. from yeah. people. So, well, boys, I think the Ramones win. Okay, at the table, I think so. So well, we'll see okay. what the fans yeah. say. All right, everybody, that's it. We'll be back in two weeks. Talk to you soon. Later on. Keep on rocking. Peace out. Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a three-in-one formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. And its advanced beating technology keeps you seeing safely all year long. See safely on the road when you apply a little splash. Pick some up at Walmart today. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. That new doctor is drop-dead gorgeous. Please, he's just another RV League-educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.